All right, we're here for part two of our Talking with Friends summer series. So we had our first one um, week before last with Aaron Meister, our new men's and women's wrestling head coach. The whole series is focusing on our new head coaches, so I'm actually super excited. I was always super excited about all of them we did in the fall and spring too, but this is kind of new and something different. So. I am maybe even more excited to do these. Well, if you think about it, we haven't really had many new coaches in a while. Yeah, and we got a slew of them now. Well, now we have so. like a whole bunch of them. It's like, okay, yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah, and I love all of them. Seriously, I'm, that's why I'm excited to do these. If if I didn't like them all, we probably wouldn't be doing this. We're probably doing something different. Well, <laughs> well, I'm learning to love them all. So yeah, there we yeah, go. yeah. Well, as always, I'm Sports Animation Director Levi Converse, and with me is my assistant. Yes, assistant, still SID, assistant. still yep. assistant, still like assistant. we discussed last time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still assistant, SID, Morgan Raspberry with you. Yeah, and today, part two, we are joined by our new director of golf and men's golf head coach, Dustin Gallion. Dustin takes over the men's golf for the first, men's golf was on campus for the first time since 2015, and I am just really thrilled to have that back, and um, Dustin's already done a great job, but uh, He's going to get going even more as we get going the season. Dustin, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's a treat to be here and uh, just excited for I, – I, uh, I join in in your excitement and celebration of our new coaches and, and all of our coaching staff. It's been a fantastic group uh, to join under the leadership of Dr. Ramsire and, and really under the leadership of, of Dr. Carey as well. But um, our coaches are special, man. Yeah. Um, they uh, – I've learned a lot in a short period of time from coaches who have who have uh, have a lot of experience, a wealth of knowledge, and I think a real excitement to be at Friends University, not only for what we're doing now, but I think where we're headed. Yeah. And so that vision, um, that visionary piece has been has been really exciting. So, needless to say, thanks it's for awesome. having me. Yeah, it's awesome. And like I said, we've got really solid coaches that we're coming in. That I think everybody, I I know them a lot. I know you guys a lot because. Of, Working on the press releases with you to announce the hiring and yeah. um, and all that information that we got and getting quotes from you. And, you know, I feel like I already know most of you, yeah. if not all of you already. But uh, doing this kind of lets everybody else get to know you. Sure. And I think everybody's going to like it. Let's hope. But, <laughs> well, um, we, we, I think so. I think it's a pretty safe bet. Well, I hope so. Like you know, I hope. <laughs> I hope that uh, when we encounter alumni and new people, and yeah. um, that that they have a you know a good spirit towards friends and what we're doing so yeah, yeah that's yeah. the hope well let's hope let's just hope that you know tomorrow they'll say you know i really like dustin's on the podcast. i don't know i don't know if that's the right yeah thing. yeah i don't think that's gonna happen though <laughs> so um so those that might not be familiar with your role you are also the director of golf here yeah um so in addition to men's golf head coach so kind of just let everybody know your responsibilities with that role yeah well i i, I tell you we are blessed to have a great uh, women's coach in Paul Howe and so you know walking uh, hand in hand with Coach Howe and what what he's done with our women's program um, has been fantastic and they continue um, you know to improve I think uh, one of the big words that Coach Howe and I use coming into this is how can we elevate um, you know the women's program that's already very sound and solid but how can we take that program and continue to elevate and I think we saw uh, definitely some of that this spring, and I think we're going to see even bigger strides um, th this coming fall. And I think they're they're set up to to do some really nice things, both with recruiting, but um, also with the you know with the the student athletes that we have coming back. Um, he's got some fa that whole roster. He's got fantastic um, young women on there that are I think um, have had some tournament experience and 
um, I think are just now starting to understand the capability of what they can do on the golf course. So as director, that was one of the roles is to step in and um, walk hand in hand with Coach Howe. And I think just very fortunate um, that I get a step into a partnership with him with a, a program that under his leadership um, is doing some really good things. And I, I think anytime that you have uh, two minds and two sets of eyes and um, two sets of hands and, and you get to bounce things off of, um, you're better. So iron sharpens iron. And I think Coach and I have been able to um, come together and have really good conversations and think critically on how to elevate that program. And uh, so that's the trajectory of that is, is really neat. And, you know, they had a good showing. They had a great showing in the second leg, um, uh, you know, broke a, a couple school records on back-to-back tournaments and then went and in day two especially of the conference championships played really well um, and played pretty solid on the first day. So that's that part. Uh, on the men's program, it's uh, obviously – uh, fielding a brand new team and creating a culture of uh, our men's golf and what that what that's going to look like, what we want it to be about. Golf is not new to friends. It's just it, bringing it back has just been new um, the last couple of years, obviously. So it's been fun to chat with um, several alum that have uh, played golf here and the experience they had, the great experience that they had. Um, and then just um, obviously revitalizing and bringing that back. And um, it has been a ton of fun to recruit for Friends, men's golf, excited about our roster, excited about the guys that we have coming in and ready to compete this fall. Yeah. Well, we talked about it, Not men's golf not being on campus since 2015. So it's not exactly the same thing as creating a new program, but it's, it's pretty similar. So where would you assess kind of where that process stands now here as we sit here in the middle of the summer and, you know, still over two months away from the first fall competition, but where would you kind of assess where that program is at the moment yeah well I would start with just the, the culture piece you know you talk about um, I had the benefit if you will of, of we did I had I had the the vice and the virtue of not having the team uh, the vice is you don't have guys currently on campus when you have other recruits to recruit to you haven't competed um, you know in, in in the very near future if you will um, the virtue is you get to set your culture and you get to set the program um, and how you do that is it, it's not by you know, what I say, it's about the guys we go and get and what they do. And so that's been really, really fun. So to assess it, um, we, we've got 11 guys signed. Um, we'll bring in uh, three of those guys are, quote, transfers, um, with eight guys being freshmen. Uh, two of those are international, northern Spain, and uh, feel really excited about the talent that we have coming in. Feel really excited about the academic um you know, nature of our group. Uh, but m- more than all of those things, I'm really excited about, I think, the character um, of our guys and uh, what I think will be our team culture. Um, guys that genuinely care about each other, guys that want to grow in their faith, um, guys that are golf fanatics, um, and guys that value what Friends University offers from an academic standpoint, uh, from um, a fellowship standpoint of meeting new students from all different walks of life. And then uh, my prayer, my heartbeat, and I say it in every recruiting call, is that our guys will have a, an opportunity to encounter um, who Jesus Christ really is and the relationship that he wants to have with each and every one of them. Um, I say that at the beginning of every recruiting call to guys, no matter what your background, no matter what your story, no matter where you're at today, my heartbeat and prayer and why I'm coaching at Friends University is that I, I'm hoping and I'm praying that our guys will have a real encounter with who Jesus Christ is. Um, how you go about that 
um, is meeting guys where they're at, loving on them, um, um, sharing their stories, serving them. Um, and as Coach Dean Jaderson would say, you know, uh, just, um, you know, preparing really good soil in our guys. And so uh, I, that's a lot. But as far as today, that's where we're at. Our fall schedule looks really good. Um, we're going to play in some nationally ranked events, um, get a test of where our guys are at. You know, I was asked that question, you know, we're going to play what kind of tournament schedule are we going to play? And so uh, we're going to host a couple, um, you know, here in town at, at, at Crestview. Um, we're going to one that's at Derby. Um, but also we're going to play in the Mid-South, which is a nationally ranked event. We're going to play at Prairie Dunes in the National Collegiate. Big 12 National Tournament was there, you know, this year. So our guys are going to get a chance uh, to really see. And I, I think that's what young competitors want. They, they want a chance to see – where do I stack up against the very best? So uh, we're going to see that early and, and often in our schedule, both in the fall and the spring. So I'm excited. Yeah. So when I put your schedule online um, recently for the fall, it, it stood out because I'm thinking, this is a pretty stacked tournament. <laughs> That's good, though. I like that because that really kind of gives you a barometer of where things are going to be in the fall and kind of sets you up good for conference in the spring. I think that's really important. To play a good I, I agree, and, and I think, you know, uh, great play elevates great play, and so for our guys to show up, I've, I've told our recruits and our parents, I want our guys to show up to the golf course and say, wow, I'm excited to play this track. I'm excited uh, to see where I'm at. And, um, you know, I, I, I also say that to say that, you know, I think we've got some guys coming in that are ready to compete, and we're, we're going to see, we're going to learn yeah. uh, about that. But I, yeah. I think we've, we've got – um, a lot of guys that have played um, serious tournament golf that have been in pressure situations. Um, I'm excited for our, um, you know, our guys to go and see what college golf is all about, our, our freshmen. Um, but, uh, and I think, you know, just our practice regimen, our facilities, um, I think will set us up well uh, for when we go to tournament play. So uh, it, it's, these are all ex exciting possibilities that our guys will have. And, uh, Giving them an opportunity to compete at the highest level, I think we owe that to them as coaches. So. Yeah, sure. And recruiting, we, we touched on that. I think it's a, it's a good segue. It's dub, it's important in every sport. I don't think any sport you can underestimate how important recruiting is. It's the lifeblood of the program. But I think when you're starting a program or restarting a program, in your case, mm -hmm. it's doubly important. So on that note, I mean, I always like to ask this to kind of get a feel of the program is when you're on the recruiting front, you're looking for guys or girls to go into your program. Mm -hmm. Is there some? Is there a characteristic or trait that stands out that they just have to have for for you for them to be a part of the program? Yeah, you know, I I, I love that question, and I would say this. Um, you know, obviously, in any program um, at the collegiate level, I think it's overwhelmingly obvious that there has to be a level of talent, correct? So that's a, a, a no-brainer. Um, but I've said this to every recruit that I've had on the phone in my office. I often tell the story of, of my upbringing. Um, my mom and dad um, were barbers by day and janitors at night. My mom worked a third job at a bakery. Um, and I often talk about, uh, I tell our guys that I grew up in the wealthiest household in America. Uh, we didn't have any money, but we were wealthy with prayer and love and discipline and encouragement. And uh, man, I come from the greatest home you could ever imagine. And in that, I tell the story that, you know, 18 years of my folks working, uh, you know, two and three jobs to put my sisters and I through college, never once did I ever hear my folks complain. Never once did my folks say, hey, you owe us something. Or My folks said the same three things to us kids all the time, and that was um, work as hard as you can, outwork everybody. Do the best you can. That'll be good enough for us. And, and, uh, 
and, and be thankful for the opportunities that you have. And so when I talk to recruits and their parents, um, I say, hey, you, you can come from pennies. You can come from millions. Um, I could care less about that. But I want, I want guys that want to come in and outwork everybody. I want guys that every day um, they're going to try to win that day. They're going to be, let's be great today at what we do. It's something I'm going to tell our guys over and over in practice. Can't, can't control the weather at the tournament tomorrow. Can't sh- you control who shows up. All we can control is can we be great today? And then that last piece is so huge, man, to be thankful. Um, I mean, we're going we're, we're gonna to travel around and play some of the best golf courses and the best tournaments yeah. that we can get to. Uh, every guy's going to go play. Uh, we, we practice at Derby at Crestview Country Club, the only 36-hole private club in the state. Um, uh, I, I just, you know, Fringe University I think is a fantastic place. Uh, to, to come to school every day um, and it's not that there's not tough times and there's not that there's not burdens but man I look around and say we got a lot to be thankful for so you ask the trait I, I would say hardworking, thankful um, and guys that are hungry I will tell you the trait that's not is a, is, is a person that's entitled and that's not interested in working hard right. um, yeah. that, 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 that one has not uh, we've, we've, we've steered away from that the other piece to that that I would say in Morgan is um, a willingness to to the faith component and so to come and play for me um, do you have to uh, in the recruiting process state this that or the other no but I think there has to be a willingness and I tell our guys all the time I mean hey we're, we're going to talk about Jesus in our program um, we're, we're going to um, uh, we're going to be I'm going to be active in, in um, you know trying to represent what that's about. Again, that doesn't mean indoctrinating or being forceful or dogmatic in it, but just to say, are you open to that? Because I think if they are, um, being here and being at Friends and being in this environment, our program, man, I think there's a great chance that they're they're going to either grow uh, or start a new relationship, and that's, that's, that's the most exciting to me. I think that's the biggest thing, and it's, and it's a perfect lead into my next question, but it's a little bit off the golf course a little bit, kind of mm-hmm. off the athletic trail, just more of a, a personal thing. Yeah. I think exposing student athletes to Christ and exposing, allowing them to mm-hmm. kind of learn about the gospel on their own time, but mm-hmm. yet they're hearing it here. Mm-hmm. So that kind of plants a seed to where mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, you hope it continues to grow. And, um, you know, you've been involved, you've been the 2019 Kansas FCA State Fall Speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, you've owned Galleon LLC, mm-hmm. which um, I put in our press release in your bio, which I thought was pretty cool, uh, where you're speaking, you're leading training on a yearly basis on just different mm-hmm. important topics, um, disciple leadership, athletic leadership. Mm-hmm. So how, I mean, how excited, I mean, it seems like you're pretty excited, but how important is it to, uh, that you're able to apply, you know, the real life experience that you've mm-hmm. had and in my opinion, the most important experience probably Agreed. to impact the Christian mission here. I mean, how exciting is that? Yeah, well, well, I would say it's it's the reason I am here, and it's the most exciting. I, to back to your your you started in that statement. If the greatest thing that a guy who plays for me is is that he becomes a better golfer and a better athlete, I have failed him miserably, and I think I failed the institution miserably. Um, I would say that that golf is a vehicle. And basketball is a vehicle, and wrestling, and we can go on. And I would say English, and I would say engineering. Yeah. Those are all vehicles that we get to use um, to love on young people, um, and, and and I think expose them. 
to who Jesus Christ is and who he's calling them to be. I hope my guys leave our program knowing that they're bivocational, um, that they're going to have a job and something, but they're bivocational in that, man, they're, they're a disciple and they're a follower of Christ, and that is also part of the mission of, of what they're here. I, I would tell you that uh, the leadership training, the motivational speaking, the, 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 uh, the seminars um, that, that I have the opportunity and responsibility to lead that I'm asked to go and speak at, I think those things go hand-in-hand hand with coaching, especially golf. You talk about a game that is incredibly mental. Um, that is golf. I also think in every sport, and every sport can do this, and so I'm, I'm not saying that golf is the only one, but I think golf may be the pinnacle of transferable skills. Um, I mean, you talk about accountability. Um, there, there's nowhere to hide on a golf course. It's, it's you and the course. No. Um, it's not, hey, I didn't get enough shots up, or I didn't, we didn't run enough plays for me, or hey, I, you know, I didn't get enough balls thrown as, as the wide receiver, or if I just had a couple more at bats. I mean, this is you in the golf course, and it has no friend or foe. Um, there's nowhere to hide. So I think the discipline, the accountability, um, the prep work until you get there, um, it's incredible. But to your question, how excited am I to be in an institution um, where? We are going to meet young people where they're at um, and walk with them and uh, with the ultimate goal of sharing Christ. Um, I couldn't be more excited. You know, I, I, I had the opportunity to speak at the, the February board meeting, and I heard our board president say just that. Um, he said, hey, you know, we're an educational institution, and we provide athletics and education. But he said, but before all that, we're a, we're a Christ-centered institution. And I loved it. In fact, I was sitting with my wife at that, and we looked, at it and I started crying. Um, I, I just so longed. Um, I, I guess I was so um, excited for our board president to stand up and at the very beginning say, hey, before we get to any business, before we start talking about anything else, let's make sure that we understand um, that we're Christ-led. Uh, it was powerful. I also think we've got a wonderful opportunity at Fringe University in how we go about doing that. And so this idea and this, this um, ability in the work to truly meet young people where they're at. And at, I don't know about you, but I was 18 at one time. I, I vaguely remember it. Morgan, you were closer to that than, <laughs> than we are. But, yeah. you know, there, there are some things that you're working on. Mm -hmm. There are some mm -hmm. things you're still figuring out. There are some things yeah. you're still deciding. Um, and so this idea of, of truth in Jesus Christ and, and what he's done for you and I on the cross and, and the relationship he's calling us into, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here in line and say that all of our kids haven't figured out. Because I was 18 from the wealthiest household in America in a, in a, in a, in a praying home and brought up in the church. And I'll tell you, at 18, I still had a lot of things mm -hmm. uh, that I needed to work on. And I think it's true not just for our university, but uh, for every university and every young person. So to have the opportunity, and again, I'll say the responsibility, mm -hmm. to walk with young people hand in hand. And again, to, to, uh, to allow them to share their stories, their narratives, uh, to serve them, and um, to see them where they're at, and then hopefully model um, you know, who they're called to be. And I'll, and I'll tell you this, and, and Morgan, you may know this, obviously, as a, just coming off as a student, um, you don't always see the fruit of that labor in four years. You no. want to, no, uh, but I've had phone calls you know, five, six, seven years after they've left and said, Coach, hey, I, I want to tell you, thanks so much and how you've impacted me. Or, hey, Coach, I've made this commitment to Christ in my life. And, um, and I, I want our program uh, in men's golf and in women's golf 
to be a program that you may come from a deep faith tradition, you may come from no faith tradition, you may come from a different faith tradition, and we're still going to welcome you, love you, um, and, and hug you. But um, obviously my hope and my prayer is that our, that our young people get to encounter Jesus and Him alone. Um, yeah, and you know, the, the funny thing is, and I know this is not exactly a church, but it ha- it has to have church-like characteristics because, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus himself said he came to save that which was lost. Mm-hmm. As a doctor comes to tend to the sick, he came mm-hmm. to save the lost. So sometimes, whether it's a church, a Christian university, or wherever you go, mm-hmm. you kind of, I don't want to say you don't welcome sinners, but it's kind of mm-hmm. easy to get in our own little clique and think, okay, well, we got this, we got, I think it's important for, and you don't want to bring anyone that's going to badly represent the university and chase people off. That's not the point. But sure. you want to bring people in that doesn't know Christ because that's how you make your impact. Yeah. So I, people who's never been exposed to Christ, this may be the only time they are. Yeah. So I think it's very important. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, I, I think that uh, dare I say, the world, um, but I think, uh, I think that uh, we need people, we need coaches. Uh, that are going to steward young people in the mm-hmm. right way, mm-hmm. that are going to love them in the right way, um, and that aren't going to course or, um, you know, I've always told our guys this, I never want you to say X, Y, and Z about your faith to make Coach happy um, because I don't think it's real. I don't think it's authentic. I'd love for you to be incredibly real with me about where you're at on these things, and let's grow together. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding that, again, uh, Dustin Gallion's never saved anybody. Uh, neither is Levi, neither is Morgan. No. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. My, yeah. my job is to be faithful in who Christ has called me to be. Um, and in that, you know, uh, Kevin Wilder's a, a great man. He married my wife and I. And at the end of every email, he'd say, uh, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. Um, not saying that words aren't necessary, but I'm saying, boy, if we can if we can live that and we can be that, I think it's wildly more attractive than what I stand up and say is what I do. And so, um, again, those are all things and... and uh, uh, young people are not perfect. I sure wasn't. Um, still not. Um, so you grow, and there's growing pains in that. But to be consistent, um, and I, I just look at our university from from the top down, our leadership, and uh, Dr. Carey, and just got out of a meeting you did too with Dr. Todd yeah. and people like Dr. Ramsar AD. Um, and again, not perfect, but man, I think genuinely care. Um, and the other thing I use, Levi, is this idea of transferable skills. Mm-hmm. Christian or not, there are transferable skills that you learn in athletics. I surely want our guys to learn in our, in our team. Um, things like being accountable. Things like working hard and working smart. Things like over-communicating. I think if you show up in the workforce and you show up every day mm-hmm. and you work hard and, and you learn how to work smart and you over-communicate, man, I think you are so incredibly attractive to any employer. I, I think if you do those things, those alone, I'm not talking about what your test scores were, or what your GPA is, those are important as well. But if you can show up every day and you can work hard, learn to work smart, and you over-communicate, whew, I think you would be wildly um, attractive to people who are employed. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Morgan likes to have some fun questions. I oh, boy. I don't call, I tell everybody, though, I don't call myself, I'm never super serious, um, I guess, Compared to her, I'm semi-serious. There you so, go. Uh, Morgan, now I'm nervous. I'm, I'm both in the middle. So it I'm, should be lighthearted, but it, it may be yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, we've been pretty deep, so I'm great with lighthearted. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I like to have fun with all of my questions. It's just it's way more interesting to me with fun questions you than bet. boring questions, you, you know, right? Yeah, so, yeah. 
Okay, my first one that I have is because I know what my specific one is, but I want to know what yours is. Okay, so what is your favorite golf movie that has come out? Oh, man. I knew you would ask this. <laughs> you know, things like Caddyshack, things like Tin Cup, things like... Um, um, Tommy Armour. I mean, all the things you see on the Golf Channel or that you've watched. I, I will say for me, um, Legends of, of Bagger Vance, um, I think had a lot of transferable skills in it. Um, so I, I, that's probably my favorite golf movie. The golf movie I watch the most, though, is Tin Cup. But let me say this. I don't watch a ton of golf movies. Um, I watch a ton of golf. <laughs> I watch a ton of golf instruction. I am a golf uh, fanatic golf geek. My wife often says, "Honey, aren't you tired?" I'm like, "No, I'm I'm not at all." There there are people that that their job is something, right? Whatever that is, and then to get away, they would do something very different, right? So, for instance, uh, I went on a, a guided uh, fishing trip on family vacation, and I asked our guide, "I was like, man, do you do you love to fish when you're not guiding?" And he said, "No." He said, "You know, I I, I you know I enjoy fishing." He's like, but when I only fish now when I'm guiding because it's my job. So when I'm not doing guided fishing trips, he's like, I don't touch it. I would be the opposite. I love golf. I love to teach golf. I love to be around golf. And when there's a time that I need to recharge or, hey, you've got a whole day. You can pick whatever you want to do. I'm going to golf. <laughs> so I think that would make me a golf junkie. But I didn't return the question. What's your favorite golf movie? Okay, so um, my favorite golf movie, this is going to tell you the extent of my golf knowledge yeah. right here, right now. Um, Happy Gilmore. Oh, I didn't even say, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, been you can't, too. It's been a while since I've watched it, though. You just yeah. can't hate on Happy Gilmore. Like, uh, it's hilarious. Okay. It's hilarious, but you learn a lot. There you go. You okay. really do. Good to know. I didn't even, I didn't even come to my mind. So the Happy first Gilmore. time I've seen Happy Gilmore, I'll, I'll admit, the biggest attraction to it was... Carl Weathers and yeah. Apollo yeah, Creed and Rocky. Because yeah. I'm a Rocky fan, yeah. so I have to admit that was like first. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we, we have gone super lighthearted. We're now talking, talking about Happy Gilmore. So yeah. yeah, I told you. Yeah. It, yeah. They don't get no more lighthearted Good. than that. Awesome. Good question. All right. Okay. So, what is your favorite type of golf? Okay. So this is what I mean by type of golf is like. Do you rather? Would you rather like go and play? competition golf would you rather like go and actually compete about uh, with other competitors would you rather just go out on the course with like friends having a good time lightheartedness or do you like the golf range or my personal favorite putt putt golf yeah no that's awesome i would tell you putt putt would be would 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 uh rank last for me i think it's great uh, but no i would i would i'm not good at golf so that's like, putt -putt's my favorite <laughs> well, putt putt's fun and i like putt putt it's it's great especially if you're on a there's some cool putt putt courses i would tell you that um the you talked about competition the the best golf that i have ever played and could ever play is with my dad uh it's just a special time uh it's a time for us to uh man i'm not sure there's anything we haven't talked about in life on the golf course and and um, again, one of the reasons that I believe that golf is such an incredible game, it is something you can do generationally. Uh, my dad beat me on Monday. Um, he's 60, you know, 8, 69 years old. I'm 38. And, uh, and, and he beat me. Uh, there are rarely a competition, a sport, that you can have 30-year age, uh, age difference um, and, and competitively get beat. He played really, really well. 
Um, and, and I didn't uh, early, played well at the end. But I say that to say uh, my favorite type of golf to play is with my dad and now uh, with my son. You know, he's four and a half, and, and no lie, um, it was on Monday. I got home and he said, Dad, he said, I think you and I need to have some guy time. He's four and a half. Yeah. Just you and I on the golf course um, and, and, then, and then go eat pizza. I'm like, yes, overwhelming, yes. So we're doing it Thursday. Um, and so, like, when you just think about, uh, you know, those times, you can't put any dollar amount to it. You can't put any um, of that. I do love competing. Um, um, I like tournament golf. It's fun. I like uh, four-man scrambles, that type of stuff, too. I think it's a lot of fellowship and um, a little more lighthearted than, than individual competition. But... Um, and I love you said it. So I I love uh, when our guys get to go compete. I love um, the strategy of golf tournament. I love looking at how a golf tournament is going to be played, how each hole is played, setting our guys up for success the week before that. Um, of what each player is probably how they're going to play that course, what that's going to look like. Um, Google Earth is an amazing tool uh, for our guys to be able to see. Um, each golf hole in the layout. So there's a lot of things you can do now to prep during for a golf tournament that you couldn't do, I'll even say 10 years ago. Um, and so there's some science to it, uh, but ultimately guys got to go out and, and compete when the pressure's on, and so that's cool. But, yeah, that's, so the, golf with my dad, with my little guy, uh, without question, and, and us together, we're starting to do that a lot, where Jackson will go out with Papa and I and, and – uh, I, I look at those times on the golf course and I just take these mental snapshots and I say, Lord, let me never forget um, this because that's what it's about. Yeah. Um, those times are what it's about. So, good question. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. I know that my brother and my dad always had that special bond too. However, yeah. my brother ended up becoming a baseball player, there so golf was not <laughs> exactly the route they were always allowed to go. Yeah, but um, but he's, he still likes to go out and – Whenever they get together, they always either play golf or they're always out in the doing something baseball. I don't know. They're always together, though. I that's do awesome. know that. So yeah, great bond. Yeah, that's a, that's always a good bonding thing. And then also, like so you said, that it's a very like mentally independent sport. Like this is probably one of the most independent sports in ever, right? And or I think it is. I don't really exactly know. <laughs> um, I don't exactly know. There's a lot of sports. I've always been part of a team sport, so it's kind of. Yeah. That would be very challenging for me personally. However, I do know for a fact that a lot of athletes, because I fall under this category too, do you have any superstitions before <laughs> you either go in or like your kids go into like a tournament or something like that? Like, do sure. you have like a specific like ritual type thing, specific <laughs> thing? Like, I'm sure you pray before a tournament. I know I always did. Sure. But, um,. Well, I would say a couple of different things. One, I, I think that golf at the professional level is, is obviously individual. I think golf at the collegiate level is a mixture of that. Yes, obviously a huge individual component. Uh, I think probably golf and track, cross country, have some of those similar through lines or similarities is probably the better way to say that. I do think, though, on a golf course, I, I do believe that guys still have to be selfless in their approach to playing, i.e., um, you know, we're we're going to have uh, uh, you know a strategy for how we want to attack the golf course, and I think there are times that um, if you don't follow that, you can get selfish and and shoot a high number, and that's not going to work for your team. Um, but yes, I do think it's probably more individual in in some ways um, than many sports. 
when you talk about a superstition or a ritual or something like that, I would tell you absolutely not. Um, I guess I'm I'm uh, I'm old school in this. I think my uh, whatever goes through my mind is if 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 you've prepared well um, and you've paid attention to the details and you've worked hard, tournament day is 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 the celebration of that. It's the time to go have fun and put all that hard work on display. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're standing over the ball and and uh, um, and you have all these different things going through your mind, then you, you haven't prepared very well. Um, but to your point, um, I guess uh, I'm trying to think of something that that uh, that I would do on tournament day that might be different. I, well, I'll say this: I have everything laid out like to perfection. Um, the night before, like I mean, like detailed in a way that would probably make make others uh, maybe uncomfortable. Um, so I, I become a detail freak on those things. I'm not necessarily a detail freak on other things. When it comes to practice, practice schedule, tournament day, um, I think there's two ways to do it: the, the right way, and then whatever else. So we're going to do it the right way all the time. And the right way is detailed. Um, I, I believe, you know, you talk about leadership training, I, I believe what you measure will grow. And so we measure things and we compete at the smallest drills because what you measure grows. And so we want guys to do things with that in mind and, um, and see that growth. So I don't have necessarily anything crazy. I like to eat a lot of beef jerky on the golf course. I guess that'd be my, that's one thing. I never a bad time to eat beef jerky. <laughs> Amen to that. Never a bad time. I'll tell you one thing about beef jerky. There, last, either last year or before last, I forget, I was – it was a long day. I think it was a game day, and I, I hadn't ate lunch yet. Yeah. And um, Coach Faber came in. <laughs> yeah. And and he he knew, and I didn't say anything. I was like, Yeah, I'll, I'll get something. Man, I don't worry yeah. about it. About forty five minutes later, hour later, he comes in with a huge pack of beef jerky for me. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to and Coach Faber. And I did, yeah. I thought, Hey, yeah. you saved the day. That, that's just awesome. I'm I mean, telling you. Um, yeah. It, it's. Uh, let me just say this. All of our guys will have the option for. Um, Multiple uh, flavors of beef jerky every tournament. Uh, no, not shy. You just there's never a bad time to eat beef jerky. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I, and I eat all kinds of it. Even the Slim Jims, I like those. Yeah, are, sure. Um, kind of the snack, and then yeah. you know you get the kind of the pepper beef jerky. Yeah. It's kind of spicy. No doubt. Um, I I I like spicy best anyway, so yeah. that's even better. But there's yeah. really no bad kind of beef jerky for me. Nope. To be honest, it's a great source of protein on the course. <laughs> yeah, so, yep. yep. healthy. Yeah, yeah. healthy. Morgan, yeah. your questions are fun. I told yeah. you, I, I always have fun. This is the fun. Go. She's the fun part. This is the fun part. You're of it. fun too, yeah. Levi. Yeah. She's funner. Yeah. She's funner. Funner. Fun yeah. 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 That's a word we're gonna go with. Yeah. Oh yeah. What else, Morgan? Okay, so one of my last questions is, how did you feel about the U.S. Open? That just, did, I believe it like just ended this weekend. Yeah, like, no, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm actually won it. Yeah, you know, well, a couple different things. I've been a, um, a John Rahm fan um, back when he was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, then turned pro, I, um, man, he's got unlimited power and yet just unbelievable hands. Um, so I thought the U.S. Open played like a U.S. Open should play. thought it was incredibly tough. I thought the course was really tough, and yet I'll say fair. Uh, but, man, watching those guys compete, just, just a, a different level. Um, I, was, I was pulling um, for, for Rom to win it on that last day. I thought Louis May pull it off. Um, always uh, seems like something happens in, in a great career, but of, 
I mean, more runners up than any. But I will, I will say this. I was excited for John Rahm to win it and, and to um, email, um, and I need to email yet, my, my two guys from northern Spain. Um, it was a big, big uh, week for Spain with the World Cup going on, and then John Rahm wins it. I will say this, and I think one of the reasons I was so excited that John Rahm won the U.S. Open, one, he's a brand-new daddy, and that's pretty cool. But, you know, in the tournament before, he, he was – you know, had to step out of it with COVID um, symptoms or, or, or with COVID. I thought his his press release on how he handled that was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. He was just a consummate pro, um, supported the, the PGA, the USGA, and, and uh, I just thought that that was a – I thought his composure um, was unbelievable, and I think that has been the ultimate factor for him. You know, he's, he's fiery, and that's a vice and a virtue, and I think at times – it's been a vice in the biggest moments. So it was good to see him play really, really well on Sunday. It's also interesting you talk about geeking out on, on golf. You know, he's got such a short backswing that at times, I think in pressure situations, he gets a little quick. And it's so short that there's sometimes there's not a lot of time for him to, to correct it. And so to see him hit um, – well, to see him play, I will say, and strike the golf ball down the stretch like he did – um, you thought he was going to make a couple birdies because he had, you know, two or three that were right there that didn't, and then obviously finished. I think with two of the last three were birdies, and what an unbelievable putt on eighteen. So um, it was fun. It was a great Father's Day, um, and uh, I was thinking a lot about Payne Stewart um, um, during that as well. But anyways, so yeah, I was excited and happy that John won. I'm a huge uh, John Rom fan, and um, several other guys that I pinpoint like to watch but I thought I thought overall the US Open played like it should yeah so. Payne Stewart was probably my favorite golfer as a kid yeah and it was that was tragic with what happened to him. tragic and I always think about him and Mickelson where where he beats Mickelson yeah. and and uh, looks at Phil and says you're going to be a great dad and and so um you know just the, the US Open so special because it is on Father's Day weekend mm-hmm. and, and uh that's just it's just huge so um we we uh we did not um, play golf on Sunday. We were together as a family and um, had great food and fellowship. And then I took my dad for a, a golf round on on Monday to celebrate Father's Day, which has been a pretty pretty big tradition for us. So that's incredible. You know, just touching on John Rom, he I think when he had to bow out, I think everyone around him was more upset than he was. At least yeah. to the statement, he really took it. Yeah, he, he was professional about it. And if it were me, I I can't say I would have been that. Yeah, you, know, you never six know. Stroke, look, sick. Six stroke lead. I mean, he was in control. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was and running then it's away. taken from you. I mean, and you you get it, but you're like, yeah. if I'm in that position, I don't yeah. know if I would be that. I would hopefully be that grace, but I don't know. Yeah, I think his world has become again. I don't don't know him at all, but I think um, I do know, you know, what it is to be a, a dad, and I think you know your, um, you know, things come in perspective pretty quick when you're holding that little one, and so I think yeah. that experience for him is. Um, like in all things, I think that, that it only helps you become better and, and have a deeper sense of understanding. So, yeah, that's that's important. But Yeah, it is. And just real quick, how cool was it to have the U.S. Open one night in prime time? I know. I mean, that was really cool. Yeah. That was a nice touch. I yeah, mean, that I was thought. awesome. Yeah, very cool. Really, really cool. I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my last question, I like to ask this very often officially. I think it's now a segment on our – Podcast. I'm not sure if it's on the actual podcast announcement. 
proof thing that we have. If or it's image not, we can put thing. it on there. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, yeah. need, we, we can always like, add it. I don't it. think it's on there. We'll do clerical oh, work. We'll talk oh. to the secretary and you see. <laughs> but so it's like, it's like, what should Morgan do next, basically? So, okay, so now I'm done with volleyball. I've already explored race walking. We've explored wrestling now. <laughs> and Rob has still crushed my dreams of being a race walker. So I don't think I can be a race walker anymore. Okay. Yeah, I'm still salty. Rob, I hope you're listening because I'm still salty about that. Awesome. <laughs> still salty. Okay, so what do you think? Do you think I could play golf? I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty bad at it right now. Yeah. What? Well, I would say this. I would say as technical as golf is, and you're looking at like doing something for one year, right? Yeah. Um, I would not steer you towards golf, um, <laughs> simply simply because um, golf. Uh, you know, there are several sports. Like I'm going to use basketball for instance, yeah. right? I can. Uh, you can take a, um, a, a, a talented athlete, and even if they can't shoot or dribble. Um, they can still impact a game. They can set screens and they can rebound and they can defend. And there are some things that, that um, not saying they're not skilled, because they are. Those things take skill as well. But there are, some, there are some sports that I believe if you're athletic enough and you have great effort and determination and grit, you can probably uh, – you, there's a chance, right, that you can, you can make an impact, have a role. With golf um, – <laughs> It's so technical that I think that there is a, I think it would be almost impossible in one year uh, with no golf background. But, so the question is, what do I think you should do? I think, not knowing you, having not met you, I think that um, the, the excitement and just kind of the glow um, that I see and feel with you and this today with Levi, um, I'm not sure, again, not knowing you, I would say, man, Continue to lean in uh, to what you're doing here. I think you're, you know, obviously it seems like you have some really great interpersonal skills and good energy. So I'd say keep leaning in to what you're doing. Uh, but again, that's that's me not knowing much about it. So uh, I agree, and, and she's, I'll tell you this: she's been phenomenal in her role with me. And I told you we, we can't let her go yet. She's yeah. here. I don't know if we'll ever let her go. <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you, she's become like family. And awesome. Everything that you said that you look for in a recruit. You know, the hard work, the character, yeah. the openness, yeah. the Christianity. She has all that. So. The only thing she doesn't have that I think is a certain level of talent. You said there's got to be a certain yeah. level of talent. Oh, Listen to that. Oh, my. characteristic you mentioned she has. That, and that's a compliment. But I don't know if she has a certain level of talent. Oh, my. Listen to Levi. You were telling me everything. Uh, everything else oh, she my. has. But, yeah. But I, in golf, I don't know if she has a certain level of talent. In, ta- golf. in golf, yeah. yeah. Okay. In golf, there. I don't. Okay, that's I admit that. Oh, okay, in yeah. Now, now he's making it clear. Golf, yeah. She has every bit of that. But everything that you mentioned, you look for a golfer, she yeah. Has. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm Except a certain that, level like, of talent. Okay. If I'm out on the driving range, I am that person that attempts to do the Happy Gilmore uh, swing. Yes. And I actually apparently am better at doing the Happy Gilmore swing than an actual golf swing. Right. So, so like, I would I absolutely tell you. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But, if they've got competitive pot pot, you said you like that, so that's oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah, to make it clear, no. Yeah, you know the the um, what's the 
what's it called now? Like the whole the holy guacamole show now. It's like okay. a competition. Okay. I don't even know. Yeah. It's like on oh, TV. Yeah. It's yeah. like a putt putt golf like yeah. competition. I've got a four and a half year old, eighteen months old. We don't watch much uh, much TV yeah. unless it's golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know the feeling. But yeah. Well, technically, yeah. it is golf. So. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but it's funny. Yeah. It's like a combination of like uh oh what's it called? I'm trying to blank to what it's called, but it's the course game where you have to like go on different courses and stuff like that. There's like the big red balls on it. Oh, wipeout. Wipeout. Yeah. That's yeah, it. I okay, so it's like a combination thing. of wipeout and putt putt. There you go. I've watched you know, that. I've watched, yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, to be clear, she has talent working for me. I everything <laughs> but she for you though, she she has those characteristics. Well, that's a huge step she might and I wouldn't have it either, but that that the certain level of talent <laughs> she probably doesn't have everything else. If you're looking for anything yeah. else, she has that. That's I mean, a, it's really that's for you guys. That's yeah. a, I don't think we have those in golf, so uh, that's a huge compliment. But guys, thanks so much for, for having yeah, me. I, I it's been uh, fun. Yep. genuinely genuinely excited um, uh, for the invite to share and so yep. thanks for that and getting to know both of you a little bit more and yep. excited for um, August to be here and have our student athletes too. on campus yep. and get rolling. So I am too and I, there's always a certain level of excitement for me that comes. I bet. But I think this year now even a little bit more since yeah. I you know keep knocking on wood but I think we're going to be back to normal. We're tracking that way yeah. and yeah. I think we're all kind of geared up for that. And yeah I'm, I hope so as well. I'm excited for it. Yeah I think our students are are uh, longing for a, a real sense of community and where you get to be present with one another yeah. Um, yeah. all the yeah. time. And so yeah. that's that's big. And last year was unique in its own way. And I, sure. I'm, I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish. I'm very satisfied with what we could do. Hey, it's like it the, was, it was the, great. the lady that spoke at our graduation. The, yeah. the one word that she could describe this whole entire year and the classes of 2021, resilient. Yep. Awesome. We are yeah. resilient. Yeah. yeah. No, God was with us. God was with us every step of the way. God was with us. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and we're creating the right direction. So, Dustin, thanks a bunch. This is one of my favorites we've done. I can tell yes. you that. So, thanks. Uh, well, thanks for having me, guys. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, well, we'll have you on again down the road. Okay. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. I'll hold well, you to it. Yeah, <laughs> we will. Maybe after fall golf season, we can do a recap or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Sounds good to me. See, awesome. we're already planning for later. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, let's guys. Let's have another school yeah. record. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right, we'll see it. All right. All right, that was Dustin Gallion, our new director of golf and men's golf head coach. Doing a terrific role here. Already getting geared up for the fall season. Tracking towards that. We're already middle of June. Man, so we're it's, already it's in the there. middle of June. Can you believe that? I, it's hard to believe it. Oh, that's, that's tough. All right, so we already spoke about the U.S. Open, obviously. Yep, yep. So what other sports are we going to talk about today, then? Well, um... What else do we have going on right now? NBA playoffs are going on tonight. The oh, conference yeah, finals yeah. are going on the conference finals. Mm -hmm. um, in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Clippers and the Phoenix Suns, uh, game two tonight. Uh, the Suns uh, won game one, 120-114. The Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard again. Suns without Chris Paul again. It doesn't look like Kawhi will be back in these playoffs. Uh, they did win the final two did he games. Did get hurt or something? Well, it, it's a little bit vague. It's he supposedly vague, okay. had a knee strain. Okay, okay. But then the next day, they come out and think it may be an ACL injury. But oh, that, no. That's not been confirmed. But he's out, and there's no timeline for him to return. All right. So well. it's looking like, and they won the last two games versus Utah without him to win the series. But 
it's looking like they're not going to have Kawhi for, for however much longer they're in the playoffs. Oh, Chris Paul will be back, though. At some point, he's out with COVID protocols. Um, he's not playing tonight. They thought he might play tonight, but he's been symptom-free. Yeah. But it's just – I think so, he'll be back for game three, possibly. So, going back to, like, Kawhi, though, I think it's best that he probably doesn't play because even on a knee strain – like, I, I've strained my knee before. Like, I, we almost thought it was torn once. And um, turns out I just – you just got bad knees, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but it's not fun playing on bad knees, especially as a basketball player. Like, those are those are very, like, vital for a yeah. basketball player. That's, yeah. like, key. Now, it's, like, so I don't know, but I hope that he gets better soon. But at the same time, it might be best that he's not in the rest of the playoffs, you yeah. know? It might yeah. suck for the team, obviously, yeah. and it's going to stink for him. But in the long run, I think as long – because – I mean, he, he wants a good career, right? Like, he wants mm-hmm. a long-lasting career, and I think that yeah. this one sacrifice I will agree. have to be something good. And I think that the team can hold their own without him, especially they if they do. Them. Yeah, I was like, obviously, they, they've they done it with Utah Jazz, and Utah Jazz yeah. has been pretty the decent this seat. year. They were the number yeah. one seed in the West. Yeah, yeah so I think that they'll, they they should be able to pull it out, but I hope I hope he gets better. And Paul George has been kind of carrying the load, and the Clippers have good role players. Uh, Reggie yeah. Jackson's been big, Marcus Morris uh, – um, so they, I think that's going to be a good series. I still like the Suns to win it just because the Suns are playing so well right now. Mm-hmm. Beating the Lakers in six games and sweeping past Denver. Um, Devin Booker's playing outstanding. He had a 40-point triple-double on Sunday. So I like the Suns to win, but I think the Clippers will make it competitive, even without Kawhi. Um, and tonight, also the NBA draft lottery for Oklahoma City Thunder fans. It's a big night, not in the playoffs, but next best thing is the draft lottery. So here's there how it's going to work. It's, it's big. Here's how it's going to work. So. The Thunder have a 47% chance of getting two top five picks. Mm-hmm. Their own pick and Houston's pick. If Houston's pick comes outside the top four, it goes to the Thunder. Now, if it's in the top four, then it, Houston keeps it. Yeah. That's from the Chris Paul-Russell Westbrook trade year before last, when the Thunder got Chris Paul traded Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. They also got yeah. two first-round picks and a right-to-pick swap mm-hmm. this year. So that was top four protected. So if Houston's pick is outside the top four, the Thunder get it. Uh, the Thunder also have a 45% chance of getting a top four pick of their own. So odds are they're going to – I don't believe they can pick any lower than eight, and that's pretty – you know, that's a low odds. I think it's going to be at least in the top seven um, at the very least. Of course, it could be number one. They have the fourth best odds for the number one pick. Mm-hmm. But um, it could be a big night for the Thunder. And they also have the 16th pick in the draft and the 18th pick in the draft regardless because they just trade out Horford to Boston. He goes back to Boston, and they get Kemba Walker. So uh, – Big night for Thunder fans. Not as good in the playoffs. They've been in the playoffs every year, um, just about since they've been in Oklahoma City. So it's a little mm-hmm. different rebuilding phase right now. But um, they already got good young players, and they um, was in the playoff hunt until they set Al Horford down, looked at younger players. Shea Gildas Alexander, also a very good player. Their top player come down with plantar fasciitis, um, and they set him for the rest of, the, I believe, the final 27 games of last season. Um, they were right in the playoff hunt at that time, and they went on a – I think they lost 24 of the final 26 games to to finish with the top four odds for the top pick. But they still got a good future. they got a multitude of draft picks, too, down the road. So they're in good shape. But we'll see where they pick tonight. NBA draft lottery tonight at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. It's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully they get two top five picks. That would be great. Mm-hmm. If not, you know, hopefully their pick is as high as it, it can be. Number one would be awesome. But at least in the top four or five would be would be the best. Yeah. So that's tonight. After that, Clippers and Suns game two, 8 p.m., both is on ESPN tomorrow night. The Eastern Conference Finals kick off. I think the story of the playoffs 
very likely could be the Atlanta Hawks advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals behind Trey Young. Uh, they knocked off the top seed Philadelphia 76ers in Game 7 on the road in Philadelphia Sunday night, mm-hmm. 103-96. They're going to face the Milwaukee Bucks, the third seed in the East, who defeated the Brooklyn Nets in Game 7 mm-hmm. on Saturday night. So that is too, that's going to be an interesting series. I, I had Milwaukee making it this far. I didn't have Atlanta making it this far. Yeah. Um, I had Atlanta winning the first series, which I did. I had Philadelphia winning the, the conference semifinal, and Atlanta knocked them off in seven. I'm actually happy they did because I like Trey Young a lot, being an Oklahoma product, but I didn't pick him. But uh, he's he's played outstanding, and Kevin Herter was probably their best player in game seven, had 27 points. Yeah. And the Hawks have a lot of good role players surrounded Trey Young, and it's really paid off. They went and got Bogdan Bogdanovich this year. They already had John Collins. They went out and got Clint Capella who's big-time center, defensive player, um, really good on lobs with Trey Young. They also went and got Danilio Gallinari from the Thunder. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually signed Gallinari. He played in Oklahoma City last year. They signed Gallinari, who is a three-point threat. So Kevin Herter is also a, a young draft pick they've got. They're, they're pretty well built, and they're just kind of having their coming-out party now in these playoffs. And they're in the Eastern Conference Finals against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis had a huge Game 7 to beat Brooklyn. Looking for that elusive championship. And out of the four teams left, either they've not won a championship or I think it's been since 1971 since they won a championship. So these are this is new blood. This is not the same old um, shock that we see oftentimes in the playoffs. It, this is new blood, and I'm, I'm actually excited about it to see mm-hmm. some new teams involved. So it'll be fun. Nice. Exciting times, exciting times. Sorry, I just made a couple of changes to my roster. I'm fantasy, Your fantasy baseball. fantasy baseball, yep, we're because talking about that. George Springer is back. Springer is back. He is back and he's starting tonight, so I'm excited. Good. That's Good. really exciting news. Sorry, that a little bit of the strokes came out. That's going to help but your anyways, team a lot. I think that's going to help me a lot, too, because I think he like just recently came back. Because I could have sworn he was not back. Yesterday or the day before, but I didn't really look either. I haven't looked in a while, so he probably has been back. It's just now I've noticed he's back. But anyways, you did win last week, though, and you're back did, in the playoff picture I as I am. So um, I did. I beat Luke by like 200 points. Yeah, you come back and Luke was leading, though. <laughs> he was leading, and then I came back and like whooped him yep, by yep. 200 points. It was good. Yep. Yeah, he was following it, um, and you you got you caught fire that last weekend. It was really a close game on the final weekend. You want to know um, what I did? I finally looked at it and was like, oh, one of my players is injured. Yeah, yeah, it does help to look at it, and it does help. But I was like, oh, that's why. Okay. Yep. He's been injured for a little bit, and I'm like, maybe this is why I've been losing my games because well, I'm like you six have better and five. Luck. You have better luck against Luke than what I do. Luke has been – now, I am, I am in from the playoff hunt. Right now, I'm the, I would be the three safest star today. Um, but Luke beats me about every time on this. And, and right now we're tied mm-hmm. on a Tuesday. So Luke has been my nemesis. He beat me in fantasy oh. basketball in the playoffs. Um, fantasy so basketball? He, I gave up on that a long time ago. We made the playoffs and Luke beat me in fantasy basketball. And he's beat me earlier in fantasy baseball too. So uh, I if it. I can get by my kryptonite or so to speak, then I might really make a run of the championship. But Luke is – if I face Luke, Thanks. it's going to be a tough outing. And then it is again this week, looks like. I'll tell you what I've come love to find it, out. love it. We, you know, when you, when you get deeper into a fantasy season, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, you kind of know what your team is a little bit and know what kind of drives it. 
I have come to this simple realization with my fantasy baseball team. When Jacob DeGrom is healthy, I can beat anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm a championship contender. When he's not healthy, I'm not very good. <laughs> and and he's, been, he's been out some. He's back now. Had a really good outing again last night. He, was, he pitched the week before. Mm -hmm. um, he went out again hurt, but now he's back. He wasn't out very long. But the time that he was on the I.L., I, I wasn't very good. I, wanted to lose. I went to 4-4. Four and four. And now I'm 7-4 and four. since DeGrom come back and really looking good. I'm the second leading point scorer in the league now. I can be, I can contend for a championship. There's no guarantees I, you know, I can lose the playoffs. But, yeah, for sure. But I, I feel like this team that I've put together can beat anyone if DeGrom is healthy. He's the best pitcher in the game. If he's not healthy, I'm not very good. I might not even make the playoffs. I don't know. I will say this much. Me getting Garrett Cole... Yeah. has been a yeah. major, major game changer for me with uh, my pitchers. I mean, I got him first-round pick because I don't, I don't think y'all were thinking go pitchers. I was going pitchers first was, before anything else. I got the Grom first. I think did? Yeah, one. okay. Did. Yeah. I may or may not picked before you. Or I had the first if I did, pick. I just yeah. didn't really care. I was like, okay, he's all right, you know. But I was like, nope, getting Gary yeah. Cole because I knew. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, not only, like, just from, like, what he did with the Astros, but, like, also what he's already done, yeah. like, with the Yankees, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. he's, a, he's a phenomenal pitcher, and so is your guy, yeah. too. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, They're the top two pitching, they are. top two fancy scores. And, and however, and I do like Charlie Morton, though. I don't really like his personality or the way that he carries himself yeah. on the mound, you know? Like, he thinks, but at the same time, he can back it up. Yeah, That's like me with talking to my brother about stuff. Like, honestly, I hate talking to my brother about sports or anything like that because I'm like, man, you suck. And he's like, no, I don't. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And then he starts talking so much crap to me. And I'm like, you know what? Prove it. And he's just <laughs> like, all right, bet. And he just <laughs> sweeps it, you know? Because I'm like, he, he can back it up. A little turd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, so the Grom and Garrett Cole are the top two pitchers in baseball. Charlie Morton is very good as well. He shut down the Cardinals last week in Atlanta. That's not saying a lot, though. The Cardinals okay. need to score nine runs or they get shut out. So pick your night that you want to. Well, honestly. That you want to have them one day. So. Well, if you think about it, whenever he was with the Rays last year, like hardcore, Charlie Morton was a major contributor to why they made it all the way to the World Series. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he was. Like, I he mean, was don't get me wrong; they they were pretty stacked in their pitching, anyways. You know, like I thought the Rays had a really good pitching. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, the Rays were built. A, the Rays were built around yeah. pitching. Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glass. Yeah. Now, I mean, they they were built on their pitching. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's it's been a very interesting time. And not gonna lie, like even through like this this whole entire like COVID year too, I'm impressed at like how much. That really hasn't affected the players at all. Like, yeah. I mean, last year you kind of saw it a little bit, mm -hmm. especially on the Astros. Like, man, you saw it big time for some strange and odd reason. Not that we were affected by COVID, but, like, just the COVID year in yeah. general. Like, yeah. this was really off, and it had nothing to do with COVID. It was just off, you know. And that was the same for a lot of teams, you know. But now you're starting to see some normalcy between all of the teams again, mm -hmm. you know. And I think it does help that fans are allowed to come back like officially allowed to come you know and we're allowed to have the the atmosphere again and i think that everybody enjoys it like i remember sharing a facebook post a long time ago um saying about how i like, enjoy the little things in life basically mm -hmm. like when i like oh man just enjoy that hug that you get from 
your aunt or from your uncle that you don't really usually like getting a hug from but because you didn't get that you never had the opportunity to anymore that got taken away from you enjoy it and then maybe hang on to it to make sure that it never goes away again you know and I think that's how a lot of athletes especially in the professional world are taking this as is because like you you went a whole entire year basically or almost a whole entire year without any fans I know how awkward that was for us Mm -hmm. I can only imagine at the professional level you know where that's that's your livelihood like you're you're supposed to be entertaining people that's that's your life you know and so it's been interesting to see how the fans have been a major impact on the team atmosphere and the team attitude because it just see it feels different and i don't know if that's just me it does. Oh, it, it does. and it does. i'm just personally noticing it for some strange and odd reason i think it's different but i i hardcore do believe something something is different and it's a very very positive thing i agree and i hope that they can keep that and all the teams can keep this attitude super positive super fun they normally do like don't get me wrong like it's normally a lot of fun to go to a professional baseball game or just a professional game in general. But I'm hoping that this really does set the tone for in the future. I agree. I agree. Yeah. We took a lot for granted, and we found out we took a lot for granted. Now the key is not taking it for granted again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think I talked to myself on that, too. I think it's easy for any of us to take stuff for granted, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we we were quarantined from, um, goodness, it Forever. broke last year in the middle of March because yeah. it was the week after our softball tournament. Yep. And it broke then, and we didn't come back on campus till the end of May. And, and it seemed like it was even longer than that. <laughs> About two and a half months, we were quarantined, not even on campus. And, and even then we come back, it was kind of on a... We, we come back pretty well every day, but, you know, the campus is still obviously very limited. Even during the sports season, you know, we had different protocols and stuff. So I think everybody's excited, as we mentioned with Dustin, too. I think everybody's excited to kind of get back to normal and kind of relish some of the things that maybe we took for granted in the, in the past. And, for sure. But, again, the, the key is not doing it again because yep. it's, it's easy to do. And we got to make sure we enjoy everything that we got now. Coming up. You know what? That is a pretty good. I don't know if that's a segue to a randomness or if that is a randomness. What do you think? That's pretty random. It is pretty random, but I mean, I had some just random. You got some randomness. Random. So let's continue the randomness. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. All right. So, because obviously, we just had Father's Day here recently. You know. Yep. Um, I actually wanted to do a little bit of. Just some facts mainly about Father's Day. And then I want to talk a little bit about, because I have some very exciting slash not so exciting news that I'm going to have to do soon. Yeah. I know you know. I know, I know, I know, I mean, I know but they don't. Yeah. They don't know yet. So we may, I want to talk a little bit about 4th of July as well, because we might not get to do a 4th of July podcast. Yeah. And as heartbreaking as that is, it's because I have to get my tonsils removed. So 
I won't really be able to talk and do much. <laughs> yep, yep. So I apologize to you guys that we can't do that, but we're going to celebrate 4th of July right here, right now, along yep. with belated Father's Day. Why not? Because why not? Yeah, because our next yeah. one will probably be after 4th of July. So It'll probably have so. to be after 4th of July, July, and we may or may not talk about more 4th of July facts. Yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah, yeah. We It's randomness for yeah. a reason, you yeah. know? But anyway, so... Here's some Father's Day uh, facts. It's called. It's like. Um, it's like ten facts about Father's Day. Um, so it's like weird and wonderful facts. Okay, so fact number one. Did you know Father's Day was invented by American Miss Son Sonora Sonora Smart Dodd, who that's kind of, I, that, I had no idea. Okay. I, I better wish was not either. That's cool. Who wanted to honor her father, a veteran who had a single parent, raised his six children, who as who had as a single parent, um, raised six, his six children. So he had six kids. Wow, that's insane. And the first Father's Day was celebrated on June nineteenth, nineteen ten. That's crazy. It's been it around is. for a long time. It is. It is. Those are stuff I did not know. Mm -hmm. All right. So fact number two. Unlike Mother's Day, Father's Day was the was originally met with laughter. It was the target of much satire, parody, and derision. With a local newspaper complaining that it would lead to mindless promotions, such as National Clean Your Desk Day, which is actually, I believe, a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like National Donut Day. Did you know that was like not that long ago? I did, actually. I did. I, I, did I know looked that. up some random facts about National Donut Day. National Holy Donut Day, I did. Yep. I could tell you all some National Donut Day facts. I'm just saying. I love, I love holidays, even if they're the stupid, mindless holidays. I just think they're awesome. Okay, fact number three. The first American president to support the concept of Father's Day was President Calvin Coolidge. Uh, yeah, who did so in 1924. But it wasn't until 1966 that President Lyndon Johnson signed a presidential proclaim that resulted in the declaration of the third Sunday of June as Father's Day. Very interesting, good. interesting. Speaking of holidays that are presidentially proclaimed, yeah. Juneteenth yep. is now officially a holiday. It's yep. now officially a nationally federal holiday yeah, it's yeah. always been a holiday but it's yeah. never been a federal holiday and now it is yeah, so yeah. yay yippee yeah, yeah yippee for all of that yeah. we love it awesome the more federal holidays we can get the better i know right yeah. it's just another day off it's cool yeah. i don't care why it's another day off yeah <laughs> number four according to greeting cards or to greeting card makers hallmark father's day is the fifth largest card sending holiday I wonder what the first is. Actually, I feel like I know what the first is. Can you guess what the first is? Christmas. I would assume Christmas. I would think. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm thinking Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. That's got to be like a close second, right? You would, you would think. think so, yeah. I don't know. But usually, though, but you don't, a, you're not. Is that sending cards or buying cards? Though? Sending cards. So, see, you may not be sending cards on Valentine's Day. You're with your Valentine. 
Usually. I don't know. Like don't Christmas, know. you're sending a family that you may not see. Even that's that fair. That's fair. Yeah. But Valentine's normally you would see, but mostly wouldn't you? That's fair. I guess my family's just weird, and we get cards for everything. Yeah. Hey, that's good though. <laughs> that's good. We get cards for everything. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Number five. St. Patrick's Day. Get up, go get a St. Patrick's Day card. Yes. Sign up. I, yeah. I think I may or may not have gotten a St. Patrick's Day card <laughs> once. I'm not really. I can't remember. It had to be a long time ago, but I'm pretty positive I did once. Interesting, and we're not even Irish, you yeah, know. Like we're Saint not Patrick's Irish. Day barbecue, just get yes. together for yeah. Just get together for St. Patrick's yeah. Day. <laughs> you know, number five in Germany, Father's Day is celebrated differently from other parts of the world. Um, oh, please bear with me if you're German and you know how to pronounce this. Kudos to you, but I, I'm gonna try my best. Manertag. Monertag or something like that, like okay. Monertag. It's called. It's it means Men's Day. Is celebrated by getting drunk with wagons of beer and indulging in religion or regional food. Police and emergency services are in high alert during the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love. I love Germany. This is. Like I the cannot most wait to go. That is totally random. I know, right. Number six, going for a floral gift. Traditionally, fathers should be given the gift of white or red roses. The rose is the official flower for Father's Day. Wearing a red rose signifies a living father, while a white one represents deceased father. That's kind of that. sad, but that's yep. that's a cool little intriguing thing that I didn't know. Hmm. That's actually good to know. Number seven, surprisingly, the trusty slipper gift isn't the most popular Father's Day present. It's actually a tie. Tie with what? I, it's a tie. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well. I mean, I'll what? I, I say what I'm saying, tie. I'm always thinking tie. What's up? Like, what's the tiebreaker? No, yeah, it's, it's that, a tie. A tie. Okay. Okay. Tie. That, that actually does make sense night. now that I think about it. <laughs> That just made this even 10 times better. I love it. How random is this? I yeah. love this. Yeah. Number eight, the world record for having the most number of children officially recorded is 69 by the first wife of Theodore uh, Vashilivit. <laughs> You're stubborn. I don't know. I'm horrible with names right now. Jeez. <laughs> it's like. Vaseline. Let me see if I can pronounce any better. It almost looks like Vaseline, but not with an N. It's a V. I would say Vasilyeva. 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 Say it. Vasilyeva. Vasilyeva. But from 1707 to 1782, a peasant from Moscow. His first wife gave birth to 16 pairs of twins. Seven sets of triplets and four sets of quadruplets. Wow. <laughs> Dinner times must have been pretty chaotic. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, number nine. Although there is no evidence of its origin, it is believed that the word dad dates back to as early as the 16th century. It is said to come from the first syllables um, uttered by babies. Pa. Plus the kinship suffix ter potter <laughs> according for accounting for the latin potter the spanish padre and the french paris yeah yeah 
Mm -hmm. Cody? That's right. Yeah. Um, takes baby talk to a new meaning. It does, yeah. That's another random fact. <laughs> and then finally, fact number 10. In Thailand, Father's Day is, a, is, ugh, Father's Day is set as the birthday of the king. December 5th is the birthday of current king, oh man, Boomable, or Humable, maybe. Boomable, I'm gonna say like Boomable. Let me see it. See if I, I don't know. Get Something. Buddha. <laughs> Boomable. Boogable. Boomable. 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 <laughs> Boomable. Uh, de I'm not even gonna try that. Ties. Thais celebrate by giving their father or grandfather a, a can of flower, which is considered to be a masculine flower. So apparently we're not supposed to give Father's Day ties or slippers or tools. No, we're supposed to give you guys flowers. Well, you've missed it all this Man, time. Man, I had no idea. Wow. Love I still it. like my Love gifts of going to a baseball game better, though. I know, so. right? That'd be fun. Yeah. Right. You, you, you have me flowers, and I'll, I'll take them all. I'll put them in water and keep them and cherish them. And oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you know, for next year now, that's, that's, a, that's a sigh of relief. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. So... Now, I am officially going to ask you some trivia questions, but this time about 4th of July. Okay. Because 4th of July, honestly, is one of my personal favorite holidays. However, that is the history and political science nerd inside of me. I love it. I am so, so fascinated by our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, whole nine yards, just the making of it all. If I could go anywhere like back in too. time, I would love to go back to the signing of the Declaration yeah. and the writing of the U.S. Constitution. I would have just loved to have been a part of that. I, That's so amazing to me and so fascinating to me. So 4th of July is honestly one of my personal favorite holidays. It's not my all-time favorite holiday, Halloween is, but it's definitely one of my personal favorites. Halloween is just a fun, you can't say Halloween is not fun. It's fun, but I gotta, I mean, it, it, it is fun. We, we have fun with it. My it, favorite it religious holiday has to be Christmas. Christmas is my favorite, but I, we always had fun Halloween. I, I yeah. do, I do like, I did like trick-or-treating. I, I like and, decorating for Halloween. It's just fun. And it's kind of, for me, it was kind of the beginning of the winter holiday. Like, it was kind of the kickoff. Yeah, that's fair, to the, that's fair. To the, to the winter holiday. So, I always had fun with it. I love it, but now... But now y'all know my favorite governmental holiday, I guess. Fourth <laughs> well, of July is good. Though. I love celebrating Fourth of July. July is just so much but if, fun. But if it's as random as the Father's Day things was, I don't know how good I'm going to do this trivia. So <laughs> we'll give it a shot. So trivia question number one. There's 25 questions. Okay. Okay, you ready? So number one, where was the first celebration of Independence Day held? Think long and hard. Um... Come on, you get this. I, sh I should know this, and when I hear it... The I'll give you a hint. It's where the Declaration of Independence was signed. Philadelphia? Philadelphia, yeah. yes! Woo -woo! That's, that, that's, that, yeah, that's The that first ever Independence Day was held yeah. in Philadelphia. Yep. So, number two. Every Independence Day, how many times does the Liberty Bell ring? Oh, goodness, I don't know that. Um, 
You want to give me a hint? I'm going to take a guess. Uh, you're just going to have to take a guess on this one because as soon as I tell you, you're going to know it. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's true. All right. I, I really don't know this. Um, I'll just say three. That's three? Right. Okay. Add 10 to that. It's 13. 13. Okay. For the 13 colonies. Okay. That's a good fact. Yeah. You're right or wrong. I like this information I'm getting here. Yeah. There you go. Number three. What was the name of the newspaper that published the Declaration of Independence? This is going to be a hard one. It is a hard one, but I will know it when I hear it. Trust me, because I, I, I don't think I can guess it. Um, um, I don't know if I can get a good guess on it. <laughs> but I know I'll know it when I, when I hear it. All right, go ahead and tell me. The Pennsylvania Evening Post. Okay. Actually, yep. I, 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 don't, I don't ring that ring a bell. I thought I would, but I don't. Okay, here's an easy one, okay? I think uh, you we'll can see. guess this one. We'll see. So, number four. The 4th of July commemorates which document? The Declaration of Independence. Yay! Yeah. I told you it was easy. That was, fortunately. <laughs> I got to get a couple right here and there. Number five. This one's pretty easy, too. Well, number five. What is the proper way to fold the American flag? Oh, gosh. I don't think I can explain it, but I think I could actually do it if I had to do it. Like, what shape um, is it's it? It's folded a certain way. Um, what shape is I it? It seems like they fold it into kind of a triangle type. It is shape. a triangle. Yeah. It's yeah. in a, tri in a triangular yeah. shape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how mm -hmm. they fold it. Because I've seen it done. I could probably do it. I just It's kind of hard to explain. But yeah, it's, a, it's a triangular shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is actually kind of a cool fact that I didn't know about. So, this, you might not know this one, but this is kind of cool. So, number six. Which American president was born on July 4th? Um, we actually just talked about him, too. For Father's Day. <laughs> was it... Um, Lyndon B. Johnson? No. Dwight the Eisenhower? No. We, I thought that's the two we talked about. Mm -mm. There's someone else we talked about? No. Calvin Coolidge. Okay, okay. No. Yeah, he was the first president to okay. officially celebrate Father's okay. Day. Okay. Bam. Number seven. Which president of the United States was the first to host a 4th of July celebration at the White House? Uh, it's an oldie. I'm not going to know this one, but... No. Do you know the order of presidents? Somewhat. No. Um, I know. Who's our Wa third president? Washington, Adams, Jefferson. Jefferson! Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. He's yeah. our third president. And he's also the first one to sell or to host it at yeah. the White House. See, I know history. History is my favorite subject in high school. But I, I some of the some of us is probably random where I won't get it. But I know uh, I, a I lot about history. This is this is my life right here. Yeah, I do oh, like I, I do like this. Number eight. How many stars and stripes does the first U.S. flag have? The first one had 13, right? 13 what? Colonies. Yeah. 13 colonies and states. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. No, but how many stars and stripes does oh. the flag have? Oh. Um, You're on the right track. 13 was my guess, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Now, how many stars? That was the stripes, wasn't it? Mm hmm. 13 was for the stripes. Now yeah. we have to well, do the star, how many stars does the first U.S. flag have? There's one now. How, I don't know how many stars. There are 50 stars for 50 states. When the first, when Betsy Ross first created the, the, first, the American flag, oh, okay. I was going to say that, but I I thought there were less. So. Fifty stars and thirteen stripes. Okay. There's okay. always thirteen stripes with it. Now there's more stars. I can't remember exactly how many there are now, 
But we do okay. have more stars on I right should have guessed 50, because that would have been my guess, but I don't know. <laughs> I thought there was less than that when it was first when it was first made. This was a little bit surprising. I know the 13, but uh, yeah. the star, I thought there was less star. That's, that's good information. Number nine, what is the location of the nation's oldest 4th of July parade? I'm a little shocked at this one. Um... If you're shocked, then I will be too. Is no. it in? Is it Valley Forge? No. Delaware? Is it no. Del it's not Delaware? Because I would think that'd be somewhere. It's not Philadelphia, no. I guess. Because uh, if you're shocked, it wouldn't be none of those. I'm very shocked at this. Because that would have been that. That would have been the place I would have thought. Yeah, same. All right, where's it at? Bristol, Rhode Island. Never would have guessed that. I never would have guessed that. That's interesting. Well, never congrats to that. you, Bristol, Rhode Island. Never would have guessed that. Have any listeners from there? Congrats. On the oldest one. I never knew that. Number 10. What was the total number of people who signed the Declaration of Independence? Um, I do not. I probably did at one time, but I think I forgot it. So, <laughs> um, how many? Let me think. Give um, me your John Hancock. Was there 13 signers? Mm -mm, way more than that. Way more than that? Okay. Then I'll just guess, I'll guess 40, because I don't remember. Close. It's 56. 56, okay. Mm -hmm. For the 56 okay. people. Okay, okay. Because some states um, or colonies had more than one representative. Yep. Number 11. Every July 4th. What food is most commonly consumed? Hot dogs. Hot dogs is the answer. If you're not having hot dogs on 4th of July, and I what think, are you doing? And I, and I think Joy Chestnut takes care of that by himself. <laughs> if none of us have a hot dogs, yeah. I think he would I think carry he got that. It. I think he's got his beat. Yeah. Number 12. What was the name of the national anthem of the United States? Or what is the name of the national anthem? <laughs> Sorry. What is the name of the national anthem of the United States of America? The Star Spangled Banner. The Star Spangled Banner. Number 13, who gave the Statue of Liberty to the United States? Um, I don't know. I don't know that one. The French people. Okay. The French did. Yeah. And they have one just like it. Okay. Except for theirs is copper. They keep theirs clean. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> we we I, apparently I, don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That don't surprise me. Okay. What is the Statue of Liberty's official name? Oh, goodness. I don't know that because I always just call it the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I don't know the official name. The official name is Liberty Enlightening the World. Okay. I'm excited to know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Oh, this is so easy. Where's the Liberty Bell currently located? It's in Philadelphia. Oh. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia, yeah. Pennsylvania. I have the to see home it. of and, uh, where everything was created, basically. And I have to say it every time the Eagles play, if I'm I not an Eagles it. fan. So I like that. I just don't like it to say Eagles. I love that. Okay. Every July 4th, how many hot dogs are consumed? Oh, good. It's a lot. It's a big number. There's 325 approximately million people in America. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Not that big. No, but I'd say 500,000? 150 million. 150 million? Million. Jeez, I was way off. <laughs> On the Declaration Don't of Independence, me. 
Who had the largest signature? Um. Oh, you don't know. How do you not know this one? Largest signature, though. I don't. I don't know how they. I don't know. Who had the who. biggest signature? Um, he was like the first to sign it too. George Washington. No. Um, John Adams. No. no. It's not Jefferson. No. Gosh, who is it then? John Hancock. Oh, John Hancock. Oh, you're John Hancock. Yeah, put John your John Hancock. Hancock. Your John Hancock on it. Then yeah. give me your John if Hancock. You gave, if you gave me that hint, I would have got it. But I was not thinking of him in those. I'm thinking of oh. historical figures like John presidents and Hancock. stuff. John Hancock. Yeah. Give me your John Hancock. Yeah. Man. It makes sense. If you gave me that hint, I would have got it. Oh, this one's kind of cray-cray. I actually didn't know it, but it's cray-cray. So, which two presidents of the United States died on July 4th oh. of the same year? Oh. If I know it, I don't remember it. Second and third. Oh. Um, Adams and Jefferson? It was John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Really? Oh. Mm-hmm. They both died on 4th of July. Hmm. Kind of sad. I didn't. I didn't hear that. I know their numbers, but I didn't hear that they got on. Well, I just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Why was the Boston Tea Party's tea shipment ruined? <laughs> I don't know why. No. Due to protest against British. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't a, like them Brits. I was gonna say there was a battle. There was a battle of some sort, but I, I wouldn't. That wasn't said, a battle. It was just that, that it was colonists that dressed up like Indians or Native Americans yeah. and stormed the ship and threw all the tea in the harbor because you know yeah, there would have been a battle if they threw my. There tea was out. a lot of money lost in British goods right there yeah, and there, yeah. so that's why. It's really, well, Not only, that's not the only reason, but it is a main reason why it is a major part to the Revolutionary War is because that actually hurt the British economy. Yeah, yeah. Because they would not pay for tea that they had to be taxed on. Yeah, yeah. So they sunk it in the harbor. Yeah. Okay. Fun, fun times. What is the estimated population of the United States on July 4th, 1776? 17, 1776. 1776. Um, New York City. Just kidding. <laughs> it's on Hamilton. Uh, obviously, yeah. Obviously, it's nowhere near 325 million than it is now. It's definitely nowhere near as many as now. Um, but it is still a pretty big number. I still think it's probably in the millions, all right. It is in the millions, yeah. Fifty million? No, less than that. Way less than 10 that. Ten million? No. Way less than that. Five million. Nope, 2.5 2.5 million. 2.5 million, okay. Yeah. That's still quite a bit of people. That's a lot of people, though. In 1776? Yeah. Like, come on, that's yeah. a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. On July 4th, which classic, Amer which classic children's book was published? I actually did not know this one. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Mm. You know, that's not a big shock. <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah. it's not that big of a shock. Well, However, that's interesting. You're not thinking of that, though, in Fourth of July type thing. Hmm. You know. All right, number 22. We're almost there. In what year were fireworks first used to celebrate the Fourth of July? I... Well, it wasn't 1776. So, no. Um, 
I would have to think it would have been was it in the 1800s or early 1900s? Nope. It's not in the early 1900s either? Mm -mm. 1700s? So then 17... I was thinking 1800s actually. Mm -mm. Um, 1777? It is year. 1777! Yeah, Good year. job! Yep, yep. I actually didn't know that one though. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't I wouldn't have either off the top of my head, but then I started thinking 1800s. I thought, okay, if it's 1700s, then it's probably going to be the next year after. Yeah. The, that's kind of like, cool though that they had like fireworks the very next back year, then. They're going to celebrate it. Yeah. yeah uh, I think that's kind of cool that they had fireworks back yeah. then. How, I mean, they had cannons and they had actual like guns, yeah. you know, yeah. that yeah. were dude with powder. So I don't see why they couldn't create fireworks. But I'm a little, I don't know. I was, that's a little bit surprising to me. Why? I don't know. But I don't well, know the history of fireworks yeah. either. So. I mean, you know, it, and that makes sense too because the year that it happened it was a happening it was you know something big that happened yeah but the next year is an event it start you start celebrating it yeah it's kind of like when you're born a little bit you don't really have a birthday party when you're born Heck yeah, because you do. you're born i mean when you're born but the next year is your birthday so you're you it's already happened so you celebrate it uh we were celebrating my birthday well yeah i'm sure in the room like it yeah. was like oh yeah let's go everybody came she's party. Like, yeah it'd be just you though probably it but, was just but, yeah yeah you're unique though you're yes, unique i'm very unique but yeah it makes sense that, that they would do though. that okay number 23 who is the author of the pledge of allegiance um I was going to say Francis Scott Key, but she actually wrote the Star Spangled Banner, right? He so, did. Or he yeah. did, yeah. He wrote the, he wrote the Star Spangled Banner. Francis Scott Key. But you're on the right track with Francis. Yeah, but I don't know the last name, though. No. Francis Bellamy. Okay. Interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Number 24. During World War II, where did the Declaration of Independence get stored? Mm, I'm not going to get this in private. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, you would think that it had it locked away, though, mm -hmm. right? So, locked somewhere, but I don't know exactly. Where was it locked at? Fort Knox. Okay. Yeah. They'd have it locked away, but... Because uh, World War II was a... World was War II. Was a bloody, yeah. bloody... But it was a really tough battle. We'll yeah. Just say that. And there was a that was like really the hardcore. I mean, I knew that you know that spies have always been around, you know. But like, I want to say World War Two was like major yeah. with spies. You know how bad World War Two is. You know how the cliche even to this day is when there's someone's fighting and arguing, saying, "Oh, so and so wants to start a World War III. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Both that's how bad it is. Are awful. Yeah. Both, both, both of them was, but it was coming off of World War Two. Yeah. So yeah. And then our last one. Which country declared independence from the United States on July 4th, 1960? Um, it was... Gosh, I should get this on that phone. When you hear it, I want to know it for <laughs> sure. Um, it wasn't Canada, was it? No. Or, no. Canada was never an Olympic no, part. Canada was never so. a part of us. I'm just thinking of countries, though, it's close with the U.S. Um, let's see. Was it Mexico? Um, no, Mexico was always independent. Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't have been. You don't remember the Texan-American War or Texan-Mexican War? Let's see. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of the country, though. Um... 
Was it France? It's like an island. If that helps. Was it Puerto Rico? Was it Puerto? What Puerto Rico? Well, it's not Puerto Rico. Um, because that was my first thought, but I, I didn't think it was. Um, it's a very popular vacation spot. If that helps, or honeymoon spot, whatever. It's not Dominican Republic. No. Um, well, that is a popular spot, though. That is you, a popular spot. I will give you that. 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 that one is, yeah. Um, let's see. Obviously, not not the Virgin Islands. Mm -mm. Um, let me think. You I got really, this. I really should get it because I know I'm on the pretty close to it. But you got this. I believe in you. Yeah, because I want to get it. I want you to tell me I'm going to know, but I'm trying to think. Um, there's another head out there. I know it's probably a vacation, but I'm thinking of that. But uh, the P. Panama. No, no Panama's um, in Florida. Yeah. Um, let me think. Um, Islands. There's multiple islands in this area. Yeah. All right, go ahead and tell me. I don't think I'm going to get it. The Philippines. Philip, okay, okay. I don't think the Philippines is a popular honeymoon spot, though. I've never really. I've know, heard of it as a popular is, one, so that's why I said popular, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It may not. I don't know. I, I could have looked it up, but that was not on the tip of my tongue. I thought it would be, but it really wasn't. No. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't. All right, good stuff. I got some of them, didn't get some, but we learned a lot. So no, we did it was learn fun. a lot. It's always fun to learn. New it was stuff. fun, especially history for me. So yes. All right, what we got for devotion? Right devotion. However, I feel like Dustin gave pretty much devotion. Dustin gave a really <laughs> so good. So I was yeah. like, dang, okay, I guess I don't need to do one, but I'll still do one. I think it's still good. Okay, so our the main. Takeaway from our devotion today, ladies and gentlemen, is coming from Second Timothy, and this is actually a. This is not mine. I did not make this one. Um, I got this from our pastor in Oswego. Um, he did a really, really great job. I'm going to kind of tweak it a little bit because I think that this can be. I know that because of Father's Day, he wanted to direct it to, mainly towards the guys, but. I personally just want to direct it towards everybody because I think it's fine. And we can all be inclusive, right? I'm just kidding. Kidding. All right. So, first of all, this kind of, this first part, it has something to do with the sermon, but it didn't really have a lot to do with the sermon, but I still want to talk about it anyways because it's, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. This part was a good point. So, have you ever, like, do you remember, kind of, or maybe you might not remember, but, like, do you know how they used to put, like, uh, missing children or missing people on the back of milk cartons, oh, yes. right? Yes. Okay. So, like, our pastor brought up the fact that, that brought that up, and he was kind of a little bit upset about it. You know, not in the sense of okay, these people don't matter. You know, like, oh my gosh, like, why would you put this on people? You know, we don't even know if they still do it anymore because missing people are so important. Yeah. Yeah. And everything, and now that we have social media. It's almost like you can get it out faster, and it's more urgent. Mm -hmm. People are more aware of it, more alerted. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. of these missing people. So here's one thing that we need to take away from that. Like when it comes to missing people, God misses his people mm-hmm. and wants us to come home to him. Right. Right. He does. So we will share. This is this is kind of where he was a little bit upset in the fact. Not upset with the whole missing people thing, because that's still very important. But like this is where it gets kind of tied in. We will share missing people on social media with urgency, without hesitation, without anything, because we want them to come home. They need to come home, which is true. They do need to come home. But you want to know what's also true? We need to come home to God because God misses us. Why don't we share that? Why don't we do that with the people God says are missing? God is saying, these people are missing. I need them to come home. I'm trying to show you guys that these people are missing, but nobody seems to care. And that's what we talk about with Dustin a little bit, what we do yes. here. You and I and him and all of us. Is, that's why I was kind of like tied people in here. This. I think it ties in perfect because yeah. bringing people here, Jesus came for the lost as the doctor came for the sick. Yeah. So that's our main purpose is, is to bring people to him. Yes. Here, that's what we do. And that's just so, so important is like to just continue to speak his word. We have the tools to speak his word. Obviously, we have the tools to do that. You know, okay, so here's kind of where it got a little bit more tied in with the guys, with the fathers. However, I'm still going to use it because it's great. Yep, I ain't going to apply to all of us. We have the tools in the toolbox God gives us. Mm -hmm. We have a toolbox. Everybody knows what a toolbox is, right? I'm assuming, yes. So (laughs) if you don't, all right, I don't know how to help you on that one. (laughs) But um, so we have this toolbox of just all different kinds of things, right? Like we, we cannot fix the brokenhearted we because every you know you know you probably do this too i know i do i know travis does it travis isn't a dad but i know he does it he thinks he can fix everything right and you're so excited that you fixed it right like Mm -hmm. you're just like yeah i can do this well you want to know something you cannot fix the brokenhearted no we might have the tools to guide we have the tools to guide them to the two people or two entities right. that there's can... Nothing, there's not a magic bullet to fix nope. the brokenhearted. There's not. The only ones that can fix the brokenhearted are Jesus and God. Yep. But we have the tools to guide them there. Mm-hmm. In our toolbox. You want to know what our toolbox is? This. Yeah. Right here. The Bible is our toolbox. It's God's toolbox. It tells you... Uh, I know in the front of my Bible, like literally right here, it... It says, like, right where it's uh, with the table of contents, like, the next page, it says, like, okay, what the Bible says about this. And it gives you all the different verses. It gives you the tools that we need. And, see, God gave this to us so that we can guide those who are missing to come back to him. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I think that's so, so cool. And I've always known that, but, like, it was kind of nice to have that reference again. Like, oh, my gosh, yes. This is my toolbox that God specifically gave me. Mm-hmm. He gave this to us. He gave this to his people to help guide others to become his people once again. Mm-hmm. That's so, so cool to me. So our first 
the first kind of like tool or the emphasis and here's this is where our toolbox begins it is second timothy chapter 3 verses 16 through 17 all scripture is breathed out by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of god may be complete equipped for every good work isn't that awesome yeah. Any ever good work we're supposed to do, we're equipped to do it. What exactly. God has for we us, are we are equipped. ready. Yeah, He's given That's us what so we need. That's so cool to me. I yeah. don't know why. I just find that so, yeah. so cool. He has given us what we need. Now, he also made the reference to this, um, like, you know how, like, whenever you're on, you're going on a hill or something like that, or a yeah. mountain. Yeah. Like, I, I like to think of whenever I, whenever we went to Colorado for a volleyball tournament once, not here, but, like, back whenever I was in high school, my dad was driving on this mountain, you know, and we're cutting the, we're getting close to, because you're either right on the edge of the mountain or you're right on the edge of the falling off the mountain, right? <laughs> so you're right next to the guardrails. Yep. And you're yep. so intense, you're so intense and everything, but the guardrails are set up to protect us. You still have to be kind of on it. You still have to pay attention. You still have to do all of these things to make sure that you don't fall off. However, the guardrails, the Bible is here for our protection, though. Mm -hmm. These are our guidelines. They outline to our protection. Now, I'm going to go. There's a reason why I, there's so many tissue paper things stuffed <laughs> into my Bible right now because I don't have a lot of book, bookmarks. Nor did I forget, and I forgot my stickers, so I couldn't sticky them. However, I'm going to same. read a lot of scripture, so I'm going to be throwing a lot of scripture at you guys. I'm so sorry, but at the same time, it's always great to yeah. learn more scripture. I love learning the scripture. I hope you guys do too, or else I, you probably have already tuned off by now. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, I'm sure you tuned off by now. That's yeah, okay, though. We'll get you next time. They're, they're you gonna, know? They're going to stay to hear the word. So, they're going to they're gonna hear it. Here are some of the tools that we need in order to come close to God, right? So the first tool is to surrender. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Hang on. I got to find it. Here it is. Sorry. I'm in a singing mood today for some reason. I don't know why, but it's great. The Bible I love says, make it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Yes. See? Facts. Yeah. Facts. Right yeah. here. That's right here. It just yeah. got justified. Yeah. Anyways, so our first tool is to, is to surrender. So in Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse 20, hang on, there it is. Um, it reads, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus surrendered his life yeah. for us. We even talked about this last night. Yeah. Like he surrendered himself. He yeah. was scared. He yeah. was fearful. Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't, I don't know. Like even, even Jesus feared death, but yeah. at the same time, he, was human. he, he was surrendered. Human. He surrendered to it and he had faith in what we need to do. So, and I'm going to bring that, that back up too. But then there's also another one, Matthew. Hang on. I love Matthew. He's such a big chapter, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just so long, but it makes sense as to why it's long. <laughs> and my pages like to stick together on me, so it's taking me a little bit. I'm so sorry, guys. But anyways, um... In Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. 
It reads, Then Jesus told his disciples. This is whenever, um, this is this, the the story that uh, take up your take up your cross and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's this story. So then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. We have to surrender. Mm-hmm. If we don't surrender, we will be lost. Mm-hmm. And might as well as take up the cross as well. We have to surrender. The second tool that we need in our mighty toolbox of multiple different things that we actually have, but this one's definitely something that we need. We need faith. We need faith. All right. We're going to one of my favorite chapters, Hebrews. I feel like it's it's like one of those underappreciated ones. That's why I think I like it so much. It's because I feel like it's super underappreciated for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, that's James. I don't need James. I need Hebrews, which is right before James. There it is. <laughs> Yay. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that, w- and that he rewards those who seek him. God will seek us if we are seeking him. He will reward us for seeking him. We, we do know that. We actually do know that because know that if we can um, give ourselves to him and to call out to him in times of need and even times of not need, just call out to him. He just wants to hear from us. Yeah. You know, just, just talking, you mm-hmm. know, but we need that faith in him. So again... With bringing up with Jesus dying on the cross. So Jesus was fearful of dying on the cross. He was human, just like me and you. You know, he was absolutely perfect. But you know what? He had faith in the plan that God had. Jesus knew what he was getting into. And did he ask, like, maybe he did think about, like, maybe is there a plan B and is there a plan C even, you know? Well, he did. He well, said, if it be God's will, take this cup from me. Exactly. But, but nonetheless, which I said last night was the most powerful word in the Bible. Exactly. Nonetheless, he's going to do what the will of the Father is. Yes. So, no matter what, like, even Jesus, he had the faith in, in um, his mission from God. He had faith in it. This was God's will. He knew it was God's God's will. And you know what? He was like, you know what? I'm all in then. This is how it's going to have to be. You know? Like, Dad, why are you doing this? Well, this is why. Okay, I understand. And you know what? I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. what happened. We need faith yeah, in that. Yeah. And then you see it again. You see you see a lot of faith in mm-hmm. like we need faith in the Bible. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. You see it a lot, guys. Yeah. Um, which I personally enjoy. I think it's kind of uh, cool. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're going to go all the way to Joshua, which is way up here in the, test, in the Old Testament. You know? There, that's Judges. I don't need Judges. Close enough. Close, close. There's Joshua. All right. And we are now in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Yes, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah, that's quite a promise because they had just had followed Moses before Joshua. Yes. And there, you know, there was some hesitation even on Joshua's part to 
following that. And, and God assured him right there that um, yep. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. It's mm-hmm. not. It didn't stop with Moses. God's blessing and God's Ooh. faithfulness didn't stop with Moses. It's, yep. it's carried over to Joshua. It carried over. Yep. And that's just so It carried so over cool. to us today. He, the it same did. God of Moses and Joshua and David and Daniel and, he's still here with and us. Paul and Peter is still here with us. He yep. is still here with us. Yep. Where is it? No, it's before this. It's a little warm in here. Is it warm to you? I feel like it's warm to you. I think it's been warm for the last several days. That's true. That's very fair. All right. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the David and Goliath because that's this is a huge, huge story. I mean, outside of the crucifixion alone, and there's multiple, multiple, and numerous stories about we need faith. We need to keep our faith. We need to have faith in God. But you know what? David and Goliath probably want to be hands down most probably one like one of the most important we need faith type of stories is yeah you know i i'm sure everybody knows the story of david and goliath but you know what i'm gonna tell you anyways because i love it and i love it i think it's awesome and i just like talking to you guys because soon i can't so um yeah speak now right speak now forever hold your peace not forever just maybe for two weeks for two weeks it's (laughs) so and for David and Goliath, why this is so important and why this is definitely a we need faith type of story is because, um, as you know, Goliath, huge giant for the Philistines, yeah. right? Yeah. Everybody was about to surrender to the Philistines, say, you know what, they're going to take over us and it's just have at it. Well, David said no, and David ended up showing up. Even his own brother mm-hmm. said, David, why are you here? Because David's like this little kid, right? And he's just like, I got my slingshot, man. You know? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having yeah. so much fun with us. <laughs> um, he's like, I got my slingshot and I got my rock now. Watch this, you know? It was not David that destro- that brought down Goliath. It was God. It was the faith that David had in God. He knew, you know what, this little tiny rock, it was, it was actually a pretty small rock too. Like it wasn't a huge like boulder or anything, you yeah, know? Yeah. No, it was almost like a pebble, basically. Yeah. He knew. And it was not just a lucky shot, it wasn't anything. He had so much faith that God was going to take down Goliath because he told David that he was going to take down Goliath, but he needed to do this first. Mm-hmm. So David did it, and all of a sudden, you see the rock flying, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're going to embarrass us, you're just going to make him mad. All of a sudden, bam, Goliath falls. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually David becomes king, whole nine yards, that leads into a whole bunch of other stories, which are kind of interesting. Yeah, David's an is, interesting character. Yeah. I'm sorry, I think David's an interesting character. David, David did things that's not... Godly, for no, sure. No, he As didn't. And, and, but like, you know, he was a great king. He wasn't a great father. No, listen, and that's he why wasn't I'm a like, great he's husband. An interesting yeah. character. You yeah. know, he's such an interesting character. But that's David was a man of like, God's own heart. He was yes. always, a, and it shows me what God can do with what we give him. See, the the the, the story is, the rock, is what technically killed Goliath. But it was God guiding the rock. It was God guiding Without the rock. God's blessing, that rock is just going to glance off Goliath's head. It's going to make him mad. Yes. But it's just like the kid with the five loaves and, and 12 fish or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, when he gave it to God to feed the 5,000, God multiplied it. Yes, he so did. So all God wants us to do is give, it, give what we have to him, and he'll bless it and do what he exactly. has to with it. But we have to give it to him. Exactly. So with what we have is not good enough. But with what no. we have given to God, with God multiplying it and blessing it, it's going to serve the purpose that God wants it to serve. Yes. 
Goliath needed to die. Step into adversity like Jesus. We live in a world where adversity is not okay. We run away from adversity. But let's step into it. Jesus did. Goliath needed to die because of what he was. He was taught God's people, so God used David to kill him. Yep. The boy, the 5,000 needed fed. Jesus didn't want him going home hungry. So he took what the boy had and multiplied it and fed the 5,000. Everything that we have, we give to God. It multiplies and, and serves that purpose. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Right there. Okay, done. Whole nine yards. Everything's done. I'm just kidding. We still got two more tools left to go. The third tool is humility. Now, when I'm talking about humility, I'm not talking about like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed type of humility, you know, or like, oh my gosh, I just humiliated myself in so many different forms and fashion. No, not that kind of humility. That's not the humility that God talks about. And that's not the humility that he wants us to bring. The humility that he wants us to bring, humility enough to be a servant of God, to say, man, I need help, to be humble. Yeah. To be all of these different things. That is the humility in which God wants us to follow. Because, and obviously, I know I say this verse all the time. It's my all-time favorite. Well, this is one of my all-time favorites, at least. I have so many, I swear. Um, but First Peter chapter 5, verse, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him and because he cares for you that's an awesome verse for all of us oh it's such an amazing verse. it's such a power verse yeah that i feel like for a chat for a book that does not get because first peter is not a book that most people try to go to you know yeah. it's not their go-to book right yeah. but there, there's so many powerful things in first peter that a lot of people take for granted and this is definitely one of those verses that i feel like people try to take for granted and i wish they would stop because it's one of my yeah. favorites yeah but anyways so we have to be humble humble yourselves Humble yourself. Humiliate yourself. And not in a way that embarrasses yourself. You have to give in to humility. You have to be a servant. You have to serve. Right. In Colossians. Colossians. Wow. Colossians. Either way. It's the same thing, right? Colossians. Colossians. Yeah. It's like the same thing. It sounds the same, right? Right. I think so. But in Colossians 3, chapter 3, verse 12... Put in as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. With humility comes the kindness, the heart, the patience. That comes with it, Mm -hmm. but you have to do it. You have to be a servant of God in order for the kindness and the heartedness and the uh, patience to come and follow you know and that's that's so that's so fascinating to me because i never would have thought of that you know i know that's that's awesome it's something that you don't really think of a whole whole lot all right now we're going into james because james is awesome right james is a really james will really james is a book that will really test you james is a testy one it will really it will will challenge you he's a testy booger yeah it will challenge you Man, if I can find him, it'd be great. He's in New Testament. He's in Old Testament. What am I doing with my life here? Call myself a, 
the Christian. I can't even remember this. No, that's Micah. <laughs> what am I doing? Okay. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting somewhere. Ish. You know. Ash just told me to breathe. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> okay, for some reason I'm not finding my James. I don't know why I cannot find my James. And it's kind of stressing me out a little bit. But it's okay. That's Judges. I don't want that. Alright, hang on. Give me a hot sec. Really quick, guys. I'm so, so sorry because I'm making this way longer to be. But it's cool. I literally had all of this down and then I lost it. James is after Hebrews. That's where that one went. I was wondering where it went. Okay. Now we're back on track, guys. I promise. We're back on track. Ish. Ish. <laughs> it's a big ish. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. It's just fun. We're having fun, right? Are we having fun? I think we're having fun. There's my James. Okay, my paper was a little bit off, so that's why it was a little under. That's why I couldn't find it, apparently. But anyway, so here's James. You're there. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 10. Yeah, right? Yeah, 10. Okay. I couldn't tell because the zero was like covering the one. <laughs> but anyways, so chapter 4, verse 10. <laughs> Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. And then we go to Micah. Love Micah. Micah's actually an underappreciated one, too, I feel like. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. definitely under You don't powerful hear a lot of references book. to Micah. No, really. you don't. So that's why I'm like, it's a very powerful book, but it it's is, very but... underappreciated. All right, here we go. Micah. So we have Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has told you, O oh man, what is good? What does the Lord require of you? But to, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. That's a big... That's, that's a, it. That's some big instructions there. That's all that's he important. asks of us. Yep. That's, and, all, that's all he wants from and, us. And it's important. And it's a day-to-day -day thing. You just have to continue to do. For that, sure. That's, that's pretty simple, but it's not easy to do. No, it's it's, not. A, it's very important instructions. Honestly, though, like nothing is easy. You know, but yeah. we need to learn to be comfortable with the things right. that are not easy. Right. Right. And that's where I feel like a lot of people need to hear that and understand that life, it's not easy. We always hear the phrase, life's not easy, you know, but it's so true. Like, nothing is easy, but you know what? What is easy mm -hmm. is to just love. Yeah. To yeah. be kind, to be humble. That's all God asks of yeah. us. Yeah. That's literally. Like, he gives us so many blessings, and all he asks in return is for us to be kind and to love others and to be humble. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. all he asks of us. Yeah. And that, yeah. like, that's, that's so crazy. And then we have again in Galatians, or Galatians, Galatians, whatever now, I'm losing it. <laughs> Chapter 5. Now we're in Galatians. <sighs> Colossians right. and Galatians. Okay. Man. Chapter 5, verse 13. For you were called to freedom. Brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Jesus served his disciples. Yeah. You know, right before he went to go and die on the cross, he washed the feet. He even yeah, washed think of the that, feet. How servant. Yeah. He washed the feet of the two men, the one who would betray him and the yeah, one Judas. who would deny yeah. him. Yeah. He washed their feet. Yep. He told them, "Nay me, and you will betray me." Yep. And he still washed their and feet. And he though. still washed their feet. 
So if we have any enemy, Man, I mean, Judas, was a, Judas made himself an enemy <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. But when he betrayed him, and Jesus knew it was coming. Jesus knew it was coming, but, but you if, know what? He if still he could serve him, him how, how, there's really nobody that we shouldn't serve. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, how can the one who literally gave him yeah. up yeah. to die on the cross and the one who literally denied him yeah. three times? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. It's so, example it's so of Jesus. cool. When, it, when we say be Christ-like, that's almost like a cliche. Mm-hmm. But there's so much that goes into being Christ-like and yes. serving one another is at the top of the list. Yes. We need to be humble. We need to be able to give. What was my train of thought? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and then we, the fourth and final tool that we have is prayer. Mm-hmm. We just have to pray. You know, like I said, God just wants to hear from us. Yeah, yeah. You know how whenever you're sitting there, I personally turn to my mom. I don't personally turn to my dad, but I'll also turn to my sister, you know. But, like, just call him up and say, mm-hmm. hey, how are you today? You know, like, that's that's all God really wants. Right? He wants yeah. to hear the good. He doesn't only want to hear the bad from him. Mm-hmm. He takes the bad. Like, he he definitely takes it. We don't need to just pray to him to say, hey, I need, I need your help, God. You know, like, what, you, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. we don't. We don't need that. Like, that's not the only type of prayer that we need to do. We need to do the praying that's just like, you know what, God? I had a really, really great day today about it. Mm-hmm. The you personal know? aspect of it. It's the personal. Yeah. It's it's literally that child-father connection. Yeah, yeah. That he wants to hear from us. He just wants to hear from us, you know? Like, yeah. it doesn't yeah. have to be always bad. It can be positive, too. Mm-hmm. It never only bad. And that's and the thing. We think we can only go to God we need something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like that's like the superstition, or not superstition, but the uh, stigma or whatever, you know? Like, I feel like that's something that people just think we just do, you know? Like, no. Like, we just talk to him, you know? Like, if you just talk to him, he he doesn't, like, he's going to listen to you. Right, right. He's never going to turn you away. Sorry, I'm trying to find this other one now. <laughs> I feel like I just like lost everything. That's James. Where am I going? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. it. My gosh, I'm trying to find Philippians. It's past 1 Corinthians. I know that. Oh, man. Ephesians. It's in between Ephesians, isn't it? No, in glass Colossians. It's after Galatians. It's in between Ephesians and yeah. Okay, so here's here's Philippines. I'm using it. I swear, guys. Oh man, but aren't we all? You know. So in Philippines chapter four, verse six, it says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving." Let your requests be made known to God. That's so yeah, powerful. It is. That's so amazing. And the and the next part of that verse is maybe one of my favorite passages of the whole Bible. Look what he's going to give you. He'll give you the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yes. Isn't that cool? So the it's peace so that, that peace like we talk about peace the, the world can't give us peace like that. No. When we have peace during adversity, that's where it comes from God. That's when we're facing something, that's where it comes. That's where you know it's from the Lord. Yes. It's because he gives us peace that the world can't give it. You can't understand that you shouldn't have it, 
based on your worldly circumstances, but God gives it to us. So powerful. It truly is. And I mean, guys, it's so, so, so simple to just sit there and pray. You know, even during the good times, it's so. I think it's honestly easier the times than it is the bad yep, times. Yeah, Personally, I do. Yep, yep. So I mean, it's yep. so amazing that like if we just pray to Him, He just wants to hear from us. Right. He just wants us to say, you know what, God, this has been great. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Give thanksgiving. Yeah. Give thanks for yep. all the blessings that we have. It's so so amazing, and you know, we are completely useless. You know that? Mm-hmm. We are completely no, useless God, for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. And what my pastor said, or what the pastor said, he said, until we get out our toolbox, this right here, until, mm-hmm. and use it. Yeah. Not yeah. just have it, not just us personally read it, but we have to use it. Yeah. Yeah. We are considered useless. Mm-hmm. Don't be yeah. useless. Yeah. Be useful. Yeah. yeah. Powerful words. Right here. Again, in um, in Second Timothy chapter chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may complete, equipped good mm-hmm. work. Again, there's that word again, equipped. Equipped. Yeah. We are equipped with our yeah. toolbox. This yeah. is our toolbox, guys. And we have to get it out. If we don't, but not only do we have to get it out, we have to use it. Put it to use. Because if we don't, then we are considered useless. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. That's so, so amazing. It I love this sermon so much. This is excellent devotional. I think this might have been your best. Uh, oh. uh, I'll have to ask my mom, though. She's the expert on your devotionals. Yes. So if she thinks yes. it's your best, then it's your best. Grandma's the, uh, Grandma is yeah. the best one. Yeah. She, she's the good judgment. Yeah. She'll I'm sure know. Grandpa is there, yeah. too. So. Yeah. She'll know. <laughs> She'll know. No. She'll know. And she want you to call you. Oh, Nana. Okay. Call her. She'd want you to call her Nana. Okay, but, Nana. Um, Nana but, knows best. Yeah, yeah. That's because that's what the boys call her. She, she didn't want that. But yeah, I have to check because she's the expert on it. But I think it might have been your. I hope she. Your I best. hope she loved it. I hope she enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank uh, you to the pastor in Oswego for yeah. for allowing me to use that. I yeah. mean, I just took sermon notes. But it, it still I, come from. I, I still mean, tried to make it. It has my to own, come from somewhere. The devotionals has to come from somewhere. The Bible. I mean. <laughs> Majority of this was from straight up in yeah, here, literally yeah. because we had to approve all the tools that we need. Yeah. It's right here. This is literally our toolbox, guys. Yeah. And if you have a Bible as special as mine, I guess in a way, I yeah. don't know. My, I feel like I love mine. I think it's pretty. Yeah. I think it's awesome. It's got yeah. an elephant on it because my godmother, her friend, put an elephant on it for me. Like it's very and then cute. Neat it's the super it's super together. cute. Yeah. So I already have a special like one it of the kind of Bible personal. right here. Yeah. It even has my name on it. It makes it personal. It does. Yeah. So cute. No, this is an outstanding but podcast. Any- this is the most spectacular guest. Yes, he was. I, mean, he I was love incredible. him. I swear, did he like come and be a motor, uh, like one of our speakers one year? He might have. Uh, I could have yeah, sworn he was he one. Have. I knew yeah. he looked familiar. He might have. Like I was like, I don't know why, but like he looked so familiar to me, but I couldn't tell why, he might and have I wasn't sure if I should ask or not. But it's okay. He I believe he was he one of our motivational. He does I believe he was one of our motivational speakers for um, two years ago. Yeah. Like I think it was my sophomore year. He does for, do that. It was yeah. like for freshman orientation yeah. for all of like the athletes. Is that? Yeah. 
yeah. athletes orientation. Yeah. Well, Coach wanted all of us to go because he knew how good of a motivational. Oh. And I'm pretty yeah. positive it was Dustin. Mm -hmm. it so very that's likely, so cool. It, it, very likely, it very likely would have been. Yeah, very likely. I remember him so. telling us about the lion in the zoo. Oh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So if we're and to close out on an absolute high note, uh, our football stadium did win the college football next stadium. <laughs> Yeah. Our stadium is super, super awesome. NAI Stadium Stampede Championship. So that is pretty cool. Do we we get won like a pretty big. Now? I don't know what we get. I think we just get pride. Oh, okay. Like we've shared it everywhere I'm on social media. I think it's pride. Humbleness but right there. Humbleness right there. Yeah, good good lesson in that. <laughs> but many times it's well it's on a small list of stands that actually have the new iron turf mm -hmm. along with the New England Patriots and Sporting KC. Um, so it's big time, and you're, everyone's going to get a chance to come see it this year. Yes. If you haven't made it out to a game, come out this year. It's going to be fun. But great nice. podcast, great devotional, good randomness. Awesome. <laughs> one with Aaron Meister was good. Dustin was awesome today. Great start uh, to our summer series. Well, it's not really the start. It's the second yeah, start. Second, second we're, time. Yeah, we're in, we're in full go mode We're now. in full go now, Matt. Yeah, now. yeah we're, in, we're in it. So. We'll have we'll let you know the next date of it as Morgan starts. She's having tonsil surgery, having tonsil mm -hmm. surgery. So it'll be after that when we do our next. But it won't be that long after that. We'll let we'll let everybody know. Keep keep keep, we'll keep it in looking. mind. We'll we'll figure out when our next date's going to be. But anyway, well with that note, I know it's Morgan. Your turn to pray well, because pray. I did the first one. So Morgan's going to pray us out, and we'll talk to you again soon. I ask that you continue to bless each and every single one of us in our day-to-day -day lives and to just help us to be guided to you and to be humble and to do your work through your toolbox, whole nine yards. Just let us be useful and walk with you, God, because we all know how important that is. We know that those missing people need to come closer to you. And um, I just ask that you continue to watch over each and every single one of us and bless us on long trips that we have, all those that are um, suffering in some way. I ask to help them get through the challenging uh, time and the challenging waters that they are going through right now, God. Um, anyways, I hope and ask for another blessed day tomorrow because it's going to be fun. You know, sorry, this is really, really long. <laughs> um, but anyways, love you, God. As always, you are such a... Amen. All right. So we'll let you know the next date of our um, next Talking with Friends summer podcast. We'll continue our summer series. Um, until then, for Morgan, I'm Levi saying have a great rest of your evening and a great rest of the week, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye.